Hey everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Mailed Fuzz TV. I am Peter, and Matt is not here. Matt is actually away for the weekend, so he is missing out this week. Uh, not to worry though, he will be back for another discussion that we'll be having in the next couple of days, based on a movie that may or may not have came out that me and Connor already saw, but we're not talking about it. We're not talking about it during the show. I guess not. We're not talking about Justice League. It's not happening. So, positive, it, negative. It, 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 it's a movie. You it exists. You don't even know. You don't even know what we think yet. Or you do if you go and see my Twitter. But you don't know... You don't know what I think. I've got plenty on Twitter. For, for visual yeah. audio. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Connor's here, as, as I implied. How is it, even when, when Matt's not here, I, I still get last billing? Because fi- I find something else to talk about. Uh, yeah. I feel like addressing the elephant in the room that we're not going to talk about Justice League, as in the movie... Uh, we're talking about the comic book, because more than that in a minute. But uh, I feel like that was more important than introducing you. I'm not sure you're wrong. I'm not wrong. I- I'm really wrong. I mean, you're often wrong. Just maybe not on this. I'm never wrong about you. Occasionally. <laughs> no, I'm never wrong about you. I'm, fa- I'm fairly positive on this. Uh, so yeah, we talk about DC Comics, and what we're talking about this week, we have the Batman Who Laughs, number one. We have Justice League 33, which is the final part of the Bats Out of Hell crossover from DC Metal. Uh, we have Batman 35, Superman 35, Green Lanterns 35, Nightwing 33, Batwoman number 9, Super Sons number 10, Aquaman number 30, and Connor has decided that this week is his week of the month, where he has his Connor's Corner, which is going to be Red Hood and the Outlaws number 12, which for anyone who doesn't know, that is um, a Patreon tier uh, on our Patreon over at patreon.com slash TV, where someone pays to pick a comic book that Connor has to review uh, during the month on Comics from the Multiverse. There's four slots, one of them is filled, and that slot is filled by someone, uh, David specifically, who wants him to read Red Hood every month. Because David is evil. And number 12 is what he's on next, because obviously Connor wasn't reading it for a few months, because he didn't want to read it, he's just now been forced to read it, and it's kind of glorious and amazing. So, ta-da! It's, it's uh, oh, I have thoughts. You have thoughts, oh, interesting. I, it's funny, I, I'll warn you, I'm a little bit loopier than usual when we do this show, because we're recording this later than normal, which is mainly Connor's fault. It's a kind of a knock-on effect, it's Matt's fault because he's not here, but because Matt wasn't here, Connor said, oh, that means we don't have to do it at the usual time. I'm going to go go to the movies. Well, this is it. I wanted to see Justice League so that <laughs> I can have an opinion on Justice League. And it was today or a week. probably quite late next week. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't want to wait that long to have an opinion. Yeah, at least there's a I chance. There's a, there's a, well, there's a chance you can join me and Matt for the actual podcast there is, episode yes. about a, a little bit more scheduling permitted but which it's possible admit, which would not have been possible had you not wait to see it today so no that's that's fair but uh just, just in case you're wondering why this, this is up later than usual because it will be up a few hours. i mean usually it's up by now we, we actually starting to record this just after typically when it goes online so uh that's why i did put out a tweet on the on the at dc comics podcast twitter uh, but if you don't follow Twitter, you won't have seen that. So I'll just, you know, you should follow it because I, I put out occasional you, you updates. You get important updates like yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, just letting you know. Yeah, it's going to be late tonight, and it's fine. It's not a big deal. Uh, it's coming. So yeah, so that, that's that's the thing. Um, oh well, before we get to that, though, we have news. We have one bit of news, we which is do. funny because you mentioned it last week. I did. I had like three news stories for you last week, and you said, "Oh, well, about this one, we shouldn't we know about this by now." 
And I think we were mistakenly thinking the solicits were going to be this week, but they're actually next week. So, and because they always put all their early things out the week before the solicits, that's why we thought that. However, yeah. this month they've done something different. They've put out them two weeks in advance, and then the week before they've put out one thing. See. That, that's what's throwing me. I'm just trained to go, and, oh, here's some early stuff. Guess the list is the next. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so this is the, the Liam Sharp uh, book. that we, you know, We've done a little bit about it. We knew it was going to be Batman and Wonder Woman, and that was pretty much it. But we actually have uh, the title for it now, and we have... Uh, there wasn't like an official synopsis per se. It was more just there was an interview with Liam Sharp, and there's, I've, I've got a little bit of it here just to say what yeah. it is. Uh, so it's actually going to be The Brave and the Bold. We're, we're relaunching that title. Uh, it's going to be a six-issue miniseries. I wonder if that means we're going to get more Brave and the Bold miniseries after that with different Yeah, because this pairs. is Brave and the Bold colon whatever the rest of the title is. Yeah, Batman Wonder yeah. Woman. Is it right? just Batman Wonder Woman? I think... I don't, I don't know. There was never like a point where it said this is the title. It's just... They just said it's using Brave and the Bold as the title. So... I asked, yeah, it's probably Brave and the Bold, Batman, Wonder Woman. Or maybe it's just Brave and the Bold, but you can tell from the logos that it's Batman, Wonder Woman. I don't know. But mm. that, that's, that's what we're getting. Uh, so it's six issues. Uh, it'll bring elements of Irish and Celtic mythology to Wonder Woman's mythos uh, and the DC universe at large. And Brave and the Bold, yeah, I think it's just Brave and the Bold. Just the way they've oh, said okay. it there. I think it's just Brave and the Bold, but you can just tell by... I think, I think on... on... On Twitter, people were using the colon, which is why I'm maybe getting confused. Maybe that's the full title, but people are just shortening it to... Yeah, yeah, could be. At least while there's only one of them at the minute. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman will enlist Batman's help to investigate the death of a Celtic god. So she needs his detective skills, so they team up. This this excites me. I, I, uh, I like Irish mythology quite a bit. It's quite a lot of fascinating stuff. Leprechauns? Do you like leprechauns? I could take or leave leprechauns. I'll be honest. Okay. <laughs> they're a bit, uh, a bit close to home. Because they're ginger. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> pretty, much, pretty much. I've had enough leprechaun jokes over the years. Have you ever? Especially dressed... when it gets to Paddy's Day and I wear green because it's Paddy's Day. Yeah. But have you ever actually dressed as a leprechaun for either Halloween or St Patrick's Day? I haven't. I probably should because it'd be really easy. Get, get a nice green hat. I mean, I've I've worn the 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 green Guinness hats that they give out on Paddy's Day, and I've been wearing a green shirt. So I mean, kind of, but not not intentionally being a leprechaun. Get a little nice pot, fill it with some gold coin. Get get those chocolate coins that have gold wrapping on them, and put put them in the, the little mm, little pot. That's not bad. That's bad uh, yeah. Have your pot of gold. I, I can see it. Yeah. And try try and do an Irish accent for the day. I, I don't know. I can do one sentence. Maybe. What's, the, what's the one sentence? Uh, it, it is the the line from Father Ted's Christmas episode. Uh, this is going to go atrociously now. It's the biggest lingerie section in Ireland. <laughs> it's really hard with headphones on as well. <laughs> I think anyone else on the planet, you say, do an Irish accent, the thing that'll come out of their mouth is "top of the morning" to you. Like they'll yeah, say that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's not my trigger phrase. That's not your trigger phrase. Okay. No, everyone's got a different trigger phrase for different accents. Yeah, you know it's true. Oh dear. Uh, so, yeah. So now I'm I'm done with this. Liam Sharp is obviously doing the art, but he's also writing this. Uh, I have no idea what his writing is like. Yeah, uh, arguably that's the biggest concern that you can have going into this is that it he's untested in writing. As far as you know, we're familiar with him. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe he's got some good writing out there that we've just not discovered. But as far as we know, this could go completely yeah, in any direction in terms of writing past, quality. Past experience in terms of great artists taking on writing duties have not necessarily always gone well. Well, Sean Murphy's doing an okay job right now. Yes, so. yes, but, 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 you know, then you've got someone like Tony Daniel. Yeah, who's better off at the art, so he, he sticks to that. But then you've got someone like, you know, Frank Miller started as an artist. Yeah. So, you know, obviously there's, there's precedent for it. I feel there like... is. There's, I mean, it's, I'm not saying he's going to be bad. I'm just saying that it, it could go either way at this point. Yeah. It's completely open, so oh, hopefully it's good. I mean, I, I like the idea, the the, the premise yeah. of the story. So. I, I know he's made a point of saying that this is a continuation of what was going on in the Rucker run for for Diana. Ah, that's nice. That's hopefully picked up some skills then. When he was working with Rucker, he was reading all his scripts and. Doing well, all that. I, I I wonder how tightly Rucker scripts things. Like, it was it a bit more open and and letting the artist kind of be the storyteller, uh-huh. or was it very tight? I don't know his his workflow. I wonder, I'd have to imagine that when an artist is going to like write their own script, that they'll leave it fairly because they'll just know what they're doing anyway, so they don't have to necessarily yeah, direct I, the I artist. Think yeah, there'll be no directions, of course. So it'll be more just a this is what needs to be on this page, you yeah. know, kind of maybe a rough idea of okay, maybe this sort of layout, but yeah, that could change because they've got all the power. But no, uh, should be curious. I like the fact that they're bringing the old titles back. Uh, it's been missing for a while. I agree. I think uh, it excites me going forward as well. Because I'm looking forward to this this six issue mini. But once we get that, can we use the title and get some different pairings? Keep it as almost an ongoing, but just a, a collection of six issue stories with different people. Yeah, you can almost say it's an anthology book where it's a different arc every, you know, different yeah. team of characters every arc. Uh, I get why they didn't announce that though, because if it bombs, then they get to just not even have to cancel it. It's just done. It is, yeah. And I, I don't blame them. I think this is a smart move. Introduce it, go, no, this is what this is. Make it very clear. And then if it works, do another one. Ah, easy enough. So uh, that, that's the that's the news this week. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the two images that he's put out with it are gorgeous. So uh, Very pretty. He tweeted out a couple of uh, yeah. images there. Yeah. So, very good. Um so that's all, that's all the news comic book wise. I mean, obviously, there's a bunch of Justice League movie news with you know box office estimates lowering and lowering as the weeks went on. But uh, we'll save that. Uh, basically, for, for the Justice League discussion, uh, we'll do that on our movie show, 1.21 gigawatts. But uh, so if you're on YouTube, you watch these on YouTube. That's easy enough to find. You'll just see it go up probably late Monday or sometime Tuesday. Um, if you're on the audio feed for this, it will also be in the audio feed for the comics podcast. I'll, I'll, I've done that in the past. I, I did that with Wonder Woman back in May or whatever that was, or June, I think it was. Uh, it was June. I did that then. Like I, I put that in there, so it'll, it'll be on the movie feed as well. But it'll be. It'll Here's be the only well. thing I will say about watching Justice League. I had a very comfy seat. I would have bleeped that if he actually said anything about the movie. I want you to know that. I would have bleeped I, it. I, 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 the only reason I did that is so Pete has to go, what's he going to say? Is he going to ruin something? <laughs> okay. So, uh, we have comics to discuss. And yeah. we, we will be starting with the last of the Dark Knights one-shots, the Dark Batman. Uh, this is The Batman Who Laughs, number one. Uh, James Tinney in the fourth, writing Riley Rosmo on art. Uh, Rosmo, of course, he did the Batman Shadow miniseries recently. 
uh, and that that was kind of notable to me because it was, had all the same traits of that art, like I, like it was, it was even the coloring, it was like identical. And, and the, again, the only complaint I had with the art was the really short years on Batman, which is the exact same complaint I had in that miniseries. Yeah. So uh, I will say that. So I, I think the first thing to say about this this one shot is it's dark as shit. It it is, yeah. It's dark as shit, and I'm just remembering. It's just I've reminded myself that Matt did send me his top five and stuff. Uh, so when we get to that later on, remind me to go. Is, is that all he said? Did he did he give any thoughts on individual? No, books? It, it, like because he's on a trip, he just like sort of messaged me his top five and his picks. He, he didn't give me like the little paragraph yeah, yeah. for each one or anything like that this time. But, D- uh, just so I know, if I need to remind you every time. No, 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 no. no. But we're good till the end. But just remind me at the end that he's also yeah, sitting okay. in his. So because I've, I've not got it up ready, but it'll be quick to get to. So it's fine. Uh, so yeah, darkest ship, and. I'll take some points for for my guesses here. It's not because obviously I guessed really specifically that it was the the Batman who killed the Joker at the end of the Killing Joke. I, I went really specific and said, "Oh, that that's what it is." And obviously, I was wrong about the Killing Joke. But the 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 part I did get very right, of course, is the fact that this is the Batman who gives in and kills him. Yeah. Uh, so I, I got that element right, and I, I like that because it's all of them have been been about loss. Every single one of these Batman who have went dark, they've all lost someone. And I like the idea that this is the Batman who literally loses himself because he yeah. gave he gave in and did it. I, I, yeah, I agree. I think it's a, a great idea. I think the only reason they didn't use the Killing Joke one is just to keep that aspect of ambiguity. They don't want to confirm either way. So this just is easier. Oh, yeah. I, would, I don't think that would have been a problem because I, I don't feel like... Had I they feel do- like people would have complained. I feel like had they done it, I, like, I wouldn't have said, oh, that means... The killing joke was always in that universe, and that's how it ended. Like to me, the killing joke would still be ambiguous, because because the whole thing for me with these dark multiverses is that it's the idea that that one choice was made in our world, and then the opposite choice was made in the dark multiverse. So to me, it yeah. confirms that it's the opposite that happened in our regular Batman stories. But but either way, though, people don't want a confirmation. They you know, so it, it's uh, just safer to avoid it. People people be dumb. So. What I uh, honestly, my only complaint about this issue is is the fact that Joker releases this gas that makes Batman kind of turn into him. That that's my problem as well. I I think it would have been it, it loses some of its effectiveness with it. it it's, being, too, uh, it's too easy. I, I feel like I prefer I'd, I'd preferred if they'd had some time jumps and it was actually Batman just because he killed him. He slowly deteriorated and went crazy naturally rather than yeah because that like that that's the first thing he says after it happens it's like no this isn't the start of a slippery slope i'm, I'm good and i think i'd have enjoyed this so much more if if it had been like this is why batman doesn't kill this is what happens yeah this is how he ends up and arguably can you fit that in one issue i mean maybe it felt rush maybe that's the sort of thing where you see oh batman who laughs could have been a, a three issue mini instead of just one issue because yeah. to explore that in depth you need the time hell give it six issues Whatever it, you know, whatever it would be. Now, it does give some of the darker moments a real shock value because they kind of come out of, of nowhere almost. It does, yeah. So I'll, I'll give it that. I actually like I like the issue a lot. It's just the fact that they, they kind of accelerated the whole thing with this gas to actually I, make I him go evil. Think, like, I do think like I like everything that's doing except that I think it undermines the idea of Bruce losing himself. Yeah. Because because he he doesn't. Joker just beats him. In yeah. a way. 
Yeah. So the idea is there, but yeah, it's kind of undermined. But you can kind of just ignore it if you want to just <laughs> look yeah. at the themes and look at what you want to like about it. So he, he has, like, so Superman's talking to him and he's like, okay, right, so all these people have been affected with the Joker gas and uh, we're going to have to try and figure that out. And he's like asking him, like, so, hey, you okay? And he's like, what, because I killed Joker? Don't worry, it's not, it's not a slippery slope, as you said. It's just, like, I'll be fine. I'm not going to become what he wants me to become. He's not He's not winning that way. But then then he laughs at a really inappropriate moment. Yeah, uh, he's, yeah I think someone says one of the kids tried to uh, bite the psychologist's throat out. Yeah, because Superman says he's going to give them the treatments because he's, he's you know, he, he can't get hurt because yeah. of that. And then Batman just kind of gives this little snicker out. This, like, he just does that. Aha! He's like, oh, I'm sorry, that wasn't funny. And we cut some time later and he's in the in the cave and it's uh, all the like, Nightwing, Batgirl, the Robins... They're, yeah, they're training. Uh, I think this is another like little problem. It's it's only three days later. Yeah, this. but which if if it wasn't the gas, that could have been like six months later, yeah, <laughs> or something. I, you know, take a pick. But it's three days later. They're in the in the cave and they're training. And Batman get gathers them around. I've called you all here today because uh, I need to tell you something. And he explains the gas. He explains that he Joker intended whoever killed him to go become him. To, to go crazy and become him. It'd be the replacement. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of the one part of this I do like is it's the it's the reversal of Batman's thing. You know, Batman's whole is like, you know, his legacy, the bat lives on. And, you know, there'll always be a Batman in Gotham. And this is the same thing for Joker. It's like, no, no, there's always going to be one of me around. Yeah, so it's not a reversal so much as it's a, the well, same yeah, thing. Well, yeah, a reversal <laughs> in the sense that it's, you know, they're opposites. Sure. Uh, but... He he's like okay, so I'm telling you all this, and like Barbara and Decker are like, oh no, we'll help you through this, Bruce. You know, we'll do this. We'll do it as a team. We'll figure this out. And then Batman's like, yeah, but I asked you here because you'll notice there's something wrong before anyone else will. And then you turn the page, and there's this full page spread of Batman pulling out some machine guns and just mowing down the Bat family with a sick smile on his face, and it is so disturbing. Yeah. It's pretty rough. I mean, uh, where, where's Tim? But well, he's in the scene. Is is that Tim then, or is, is it... okay? Okay, so where's Damien then on this world? That has just not happened yet. No, Damien was there too. What, what are you whinging about? No, I'm, I'm looking at it. There's only four of them. There's there's, there's Jason in that, Pabst, in that page, Dick but they're, they're and, all in that yeah, scene. Tim. They're all in that scene before that. No, they're not. I'm looking at it now. I I, it's, it's Tim, you're right. I'm just misremembering. I saw the Robin suit and, oh, and let, forgot. Let me go and check the page. I need to prove him wrong now. Hold on. Bear with me, guys. I'm sure someone referenced him. Maybe I'm just misreading it because... Okay. Yeah, because someone calls him Robin and then they refer to him as Red Robin later. So I think I assumed yeah, I think there was two. Yeah, that's what threw me. So I think I thought there was two characters. You're right. It's just... Uh, so yeah, there's no Damien. Yeah. Weird. I don't know, maybe they just decided they didn't want to see Batman shoot a 13-year-old. Yeah, I guess, I think it would have added to the darkness of him killing his own son. Oh, sure, but maybe maybe just from an editorial point of view, they said, no, that's too far, we're not letting you do that. Could be. It could, could, be. could be that simple. Um, yeah. Then you turn the page, and he's basically killed the entire Justice League except Superman. I don't know what's and they're all just lying there dead. Superman's in pain. He's like, oh, why, why have you done this, Bruce? And he brings Lois and John 
up to the up to the watchtower and it's like oh dear oh dear this is this is this is bad and he gives clark some uh, specifically designed black kryptonite which he mentions that he gave to supergirl to test to you know do a test run and supergirl killed her entire family before she ended up dying and you, you obviously don't see it it's all kind of off off panel you just hear lois say clark John, get behind me! Like you can hear Lois try to protect John from Superman. Yeah, and you just you see you know the, the smile, the laughter. Um, it's like it's funny because you, you think that scene with the Bat Family is really dark, and it is really dark. But then you get to this scene, and it actually tops it. It like it gives you one of the darkest Batman moments that I've ever seen, and then in the next scene, it immediately tops it. It is, yeah. And I love the body horror of how all the the Justice Leaguers are drawn. Yeah, uh, Martian Manhunter is like you know he's all stretched, his head's up there, you know, his body's ripped in like two. Uh, it's great. You got you know Plastic Man hanging and threading around and. Which, by the got... way, I mean we've not seen Martian Manhunter in a, a yeah, long time. Yeah, and... you, you've even got a couple outside just choking out in space. You got Hawkman mm. out behind the window, and oh, it's just it looks great. Yeah, give me Martian Manhunter, you bastards. <laughs> I want Just not, not, not completely dead like this. Yeah, not completely dead, obviously. Um, so, but the real intrigue is, so he's like, oh, I'm going to bring more dark things from the rest of the Dark Multiverse, and we, we see, like, demented versions of a bunch of characters. You know, we see, we see a monstrous Superman, we see a Flash who's got, like, a spider for a body, and there's an evil Martian Manhunter at the back, there's all sorts of demented-looking things. But he's, he's doing all this, he's actually telling all this story to someone mysterious, someone who's like got a bandaged face that's chained up, has been obviously beaten and tortured and bruised, is bandaged from top to bottom, and we don't know who this is, which I guess is the bigger question coming out of this, is who is this mysterious person? Who Who is he torturing and telling this story to? Yeah, I mean... It can't, it can't, it can't be our Bruce, right? Our Bruce is elsewhere. Yeah, no, I don't think... No, because th- th- this, from my understanding, this is uh, in our Earth. That's what I thought as well. I, I just wanted to work because I think that was the obvious one to leap to, is to, you know, tell Maestro just to see this is what you can become. Hmm. Yeah, because... Yeah, Bruce is in the Dark Multiverse. We know he's there. Yeah. Uh, so I, I feel like there's options where, okay, is this someone he's brought from his world? It could be. But I feel like it's more likely to be someone from Earth Zero. Someone who resides i i agree i think it has to be someone who will go who will see this and see the horror is it alfred well they wouldn't do this to alfred again would they alfred's been through enough <laughs> i don't know i feel like if he's going to tell no, the story I, to someone i get it I, I get it, yeah it would make sense i, I don't even think we can discern uh, the, the the gender actually like it's it's kind of you could tell me that was a woman. I mean, I'm kind of... It's plain enough that I assume it's a guy, but it really could be either. It could be, yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's dark as shit. But very really demented. Uh, that final laugh is... He's like, oh, you know... Um, he's telling him that you know, a Batman who laughs is a Batman who always wins because he's, he's, he's let go. He doesn't have his rules and whatnot. And he's just laughing dementedly at the end. Yeah. I think that panel there where he's laughing is one of the best-looking panels in the book as well. Yeah, no, I, I, I can I can get behind it's, that. It's it's all the the cheek flesh kind of rotting and being apart, uh, the close-up on it. 
Yeah, it's the uh, the liquor slash nemesis effect from Resident Evil. If sure. You're, if you're familiar with those uh, those monsters and their designs, uh, there's also one of the Cenobites from Hellraiser has this type of mouth. I'm just trying to think of different things that have this. Uh, clearly, Connor has no basis for comparison to any of these things, but some some people out there might. I'm sure they will. So, I will say my my only other criticism with the art is I think Bab's face looks really weird. And this is something that I saw a week or two ago as well. I can't remember what book it was in, but it was another one where I thought specifically her face just looked weird. It was just off. And I don't know what it is, something about face that people are struggling with lately. Uh, is oh. is two a pattern or is two a coincidence? I mean, I, I mean, two could be a coincidence. It was just in such short succession. Yeah, um... Don't know. Any other guesses for who this mystery, this mystery uh, guest of Dark? I really don't is? know. I'm trying to think who would have some weight and meaning, but so many of the people who it, who who spring to mind, we we know where they are. They're already busy. Which is part of, part of me thinks it might be someone we've not seen in a while. That, yeah, that, that could be the reveal when we find out who it is. It's like, oh, that's where they've been like for all this time. And if that's the case, though, who? Yeah. I want to joke and say Connor Ken, but he doesn't make a lot of sense in this context. No, no, it doesn't. He doesn't. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> it has to be someone who's related to the Justice League or related to Batman directly, I feel like. Yeah, I, I, I want to say Batman just because this, this story is a, it's a story about Bruce Wayne. It's a story about Bruce losing himself. I think that has the most weight to someone who's on a personal level with Bruce, not just, you know, a, 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 you know, not just someone who's with Batman. Gordon, maybe? Uh, it could be Gordon. I mean, it doesn't fit my, we've not seen him in a while thing, but I just... I no, no, it's, that, it's plausible. It popped out of my head. Who have we not seen it for a while who's related to Batman? Who's someone that's important to Batman that we've not seen in a long time? Maybe in Rebirth at all? I don't know. Well, are, we, are, are we missing anyone? I don't feel like we're missing anyone major. Um... Is there anyone who, say, from a Justice League kind of point of view, that's been missing who was close to Batman in some way? Other than Martian Manhunter, I don't think so. But that, I don't buy that. Obviously. No, nah, you'd expect Green Hands if it was if it was some problem. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in a different shaped head, but yeah, yeah. I. I, I I don't know. It, it's tough. It's it's funny that it's introduced this mystery here because I feel like this is the sort of thing where they're probably going to reveal it in the main book now. Uh, There's later not on. really many other places they can reveal it unless it's in another one of the one shots. No, there's one, one more one shot. And the two? What's the two? So the, the, I mean, there's the, the, there's the, the Batman found. No, you mean Hawkman found? Hawkman found. Is, isn't there one other that Morrison's involved in? Oh, yeah, the. Uh... I can't remember what it's called. Oh, I can't remember what it's called either. Yeah, it's like but there January, is two, February. isn't there? There's two. I was actually the Hawkman film when I was forgetting. I was I was remembering the other one. Um, yeah. But, okay, yeah. It could, could be the Hawkman one. If it's, maybe it's Hawkman. <laughs> I mean, maybe it is. That would actually make sense because we know we, we know Carter Hall went missing, you know, following into this. Yeah, that would make sense. And Kendra's so heavily involved that this would have a big moment for her if like he like unmasks and it's... Well, I don't know if uh, ma- Unmask is maybe a bit of a, a broad term right, for Right, but the idea, you know, Hawkman found... That would actually play into the symmetry of the titles really nicely. 
Mm. Yeah, it could be Hawkman. It could be. It could, it could be. Yeah. Okay, that's probably my best guess at the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with that one. Best guess at the moment, Hawkman. Okay. Right. So we've we'll, we'll solved it. It's fine. Uh, pretty confident. <laughs> we're good. So, uh, no. I, no, I, th- I thought this was pretty solid. I think this is up there with some of the better of these one shots. Uh, yeah, also, it's top three for sure. A couple of nitpicks, but I think the absolute. Like, the, just the darkness, the, the, the levels of darkness that it hits are just so off the goddamn charts that you typically don't see, like... Because I feel like you have to give that level of darkness. I feel like, you know, Batman who's fused with the Joker, like, how dangerous is he? He has to be dangerous, or you feel like you've whiffed on the concept. Because the concept exactly. itself, it demands a level uh, of... Especially as, sh- you know, the, the Batman who laughs has been such a, a presence in these books. He's kind of been, you know, the the leader of the armies. Yeah. He's kind of been the, the head honcho and you really need to sell that. Yeah. Um, obviously he's kind of like the right hand man to Barbados. Uh, yeah. For obvious and, reason. And Joker gas undermining aside, I think they do a good job. Yes. That'll take us on to Justice League 33, which is the final part of the Bats Out Hill crossover for Metal. Uh, Joshua Williamson's writing uh, with Tyler Kirkham and Mikkel Janin on art. Uh, so two artists, which I felt not gonna lie, uh, it was a little bit back and forth. Uh, I don't think this is the thing. Obviously, I like Janin more than Kirkham, but I do like Kirkham as well. So it was kind of like a just a, a back and forth kind of thing. That yeah, it's one of those where I like both those involved, but I don't think they necessarily match up that well. So it, it did give me a jarring feeling, a, a disconnect when I was reading it. Yeah. Um... I, I will start this by saying I think it's easily the best of the four issues. Agreed. Of of this, mainly because stuff finally kind of happened. Uh, and I'm actually really confident in saying that after I've read all four, it should have been two issues, not four. <laughs> but um, Yeah, three at a push. If you do one, one to set it up, one of the, you know, one issue of them fighting their various counterparts. Yeah, like two, two and three for absolutely could have been condensed into one. No, no question. Yeah, but one was still a bit of a mess anyway yeah so that, that, this leads to cyborg cyborg ends up being kind of the, the linchpin of this this little uh this crossover where he's of course he's trapped he's had his limbs ripped off but in his head the mother box that's part of his system is kind of talking to him and saying hey you could have way more power like we can fight this but you have to like get rid of all your previous data and he's like wait a minute previous data what you mean me like, you mean my memories and my personality and all that stuff and he's like, well, yeah, but like, you're irrelevant. Like, we, we can solve this. And it's just it's just cold hard logic. And even though the cube's kind of on his side, it's kind of like, yeah, but yeah, it, it's this idea of it's it's asking him to sacrifice himself in a way. It's like, hey, g- you give up being you, and we can save the world. Yeah. However, uh, this, this this mysterious other voice starts to creep in. This, uh, you know, we get we get the the wavy thought bubble kind of thing. Yeah. So, someone's talking in his head. And it's like no, no, but, you know, like you're special because you've got heart. You, you, your humanity is what makes you you. You can't do this. You can't give up who you are. Uh, so that he's got this other voice, and it was all—it was kind of funny actually. It was, it was almost kind of like the, the little devil and like angel on each it shoulder, was, almost. Yeah. That was kind of the vibe we were getting from it. Uh, and you see the rest of the Justice League that we're fighting have all been they've tied up, and uh, they're all making their dark plans. But. Uh, the Alpha Protocol, which is you know uh, Murder Machines thing, 
turns off and like, hey, what's happening? And I actually have to admit, I do actually really like Cyborg's like one page spread of him. Like he's reformed, like he's he's rebuilt himself new limbs with the power of the 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 mother box and nth metal and whatever else he's got lying around. It looks pretty good. It does, yeah. It's a it's a really solid page. I specifically like the uh, the the lit up emblem on his uh, chest. Yeah, 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 the way it kind of looked like the flames kind of coming out of it still. Yeah. It's good. Uh, admittedly, him sh- shouting out, now you've got to deal with Cyborg 1 million, baby. A little bit cheesy. A little bit on the cheesy side. Uh, a little bit cheesy. Although, I, I, do Which, think I, I do think this is the best written issue of the four as well, but I'll, I'll criticise that line. <laughs> I, see, that line was really cheesy, and then the rest of the issue kind of veers into going, oh, no, let's embrace the cheese now. Let's embrace, you know, it's the metal mm. aspect of it. It was, and once it kind of got into it, and I was like, okay, this is what we're doing again. I was fine with it. It was just that line that felt really jarring, this sudden change into it. Yeah. Uh, admittedly, as someone who knows absolutely nothing about American football, I feel like Cyborg could cool it on the the, uh, the analogies, please. That would be nice. I mean, I, I, I don't think you need to know anything. I'm not going to lie. When he said hike at the bottom of the next page, I, I legitimately, it took me a second to be like, hike? What the hell is he talking <laughs> really? about? Really? Yeah. I, I, I know as little about American football as you do, and I got it still. No, it took me a second. Like I know, I know it. Like I, I thought about it, and I'm like, oh, okay, right, okay, I, I know what that's that is. But it took me a second. Like it never clicked right away. I was like, hike, what? Hike where? Where are we hiking to? Is he telling him to take a hike? Maybe he should have done. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, the whole thing is basically yeah. But you fought as one on one. Now we're a team. Now we're the Justice League. Um, it's kind of funny actually. This came out the same week as the movie because it's kind of like. Now, this is the merits of being a team. This is the merits of being a united front. They kind of yeah. feel like that. Uh, you know, you get that nice big double page spread of them all fighting. Really nice, big and epic. Yeah, and it's, a, it's a great page. Those are good stuff. Uh, my favourite stuff in this issue, though, is actually that we've, we find out who the voice was in his head, who was talking to him. And mm. it's actually Raven. Raven's been held, because obviously they, they captured the Teen Titans and the Suicide Squad recently. And yes. that was in the first crossover. And they find Raven's in like a cage. It's, it's almost like a psychic looking cage because it's like made up of like a mental purple kind of energy. Yeah. And he's like, oh, hey, it's you. And she's like, oh, please tell me you didn't give in and like lose yourself because like, I might lose hope <laughs> if I didn't convince you not to do that. And honestly, I, I got some feels when they were hugging. That, that, you turn the page and the, 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 they're, they're embracing each other. I'm like... And I, I loved it. And my, my problem is in my head, I was going, this is why Cyborg belongs with the Teen Titans. I, I agree. As soon as I saw them hug, I'm like, you know what? I'm actually... This is the most I've cared about Cyborg probably since the start of the new 52 and i think it's because he kind of belongs with raven and the other yeah, he has a teammates. history with those characters that he doesn't with yeah. the league it actually this hit me way more than any of his other stuff because i mean first of all in this issue he's not just a telephone pole so that's that's, that's that, good that helps yeah but he has a history with her and it actually was kind of touching when they when they embrace it was kind of like old friends who have not seen each other in a long time because he, he's been often just even though in this continuity he just went straight to Justice League he was never in the Teen Titans in this continuity but yeah it murky's this moment up a little bit I guess but for us it works and I, I guess if you go back to that idea where it all really happened they just don't remember it and we've stole 10 years but deep down they still kind of feel something kind of like how Tim's like you know that name Connor's tugging at my heartstrings and I don't know why yeah 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 okay I'll allow it you know that kind of thing uh, no. Uh, it's actually really old school at the bottom of that page where you've got like the, the five heads of the Justice League. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a nice touch. Really old school. 
Do you know what I, I like that this is like the, the next five members with Batman and Superman out of the equation who have to kind of do stuff on their own. And it's kind of like, no, they're still a really capable team without those guys. Like, it's fine. Yeah, but it should still be Martian Manhunter instead of Cyborg. It should be. But like I said, he actually, I liked him in this issue. They I, actually, I did as well. I'm, they, I'm, I'm, I'm writing because it's easy. Because I'm still, you know. We, we miss John. It's, it's there. Of, of course yeah. we do. But like. Actually, this is the most I've cared about Cyborg, like I say, in like six, seven years. So you know what? Yeah. Good, good on you, Well, Williamson. You, you did yeah, something yeah. good they, here. Yeah, they can have this one. And I, I think I think a lot of it is his connection with Raven here. Uh, and I like that Raven's been brought into this. I like that Raven's now a big deal, because Cyborg basically gets them out of, out of Dodge. He's like, okay, Barbatus is, Barbatus is coming, uh, boom tube time, and he takes them to hyperspace. Hyper time. <laughs> Hyper time, sorry. Hyperspace is a Matt, thing. Matt would have killed you for that. I didn't just make it up though. Hyperspace is a thing. It is. So, so it's a thing. Anyway, so yeah, this was a hyper time, and Flash is like, "Hey, I, I've ran like a, alongside this, but we're just in it now. Like, what the hell, Cyborg? What, what have you done?" He's like, "Yeah, I got some upgrades, Miller box. Um, we need more nth metal." Now, if I'm going to critique this issue much, it's that we kind of end with everything back where we started, where they're all off on their own little missions to get their end metal. The only difference being is now that Cyborg's with Flash and Raven, but the other teams are kind of like, you know, you've got, I don't know if this was the exact pairings, I think it was though, because Deathstroke's I'm with, I'm pretty sure it is, yeah. Yeah, Deathstroke's with Aquaman, terrific. I, do, I still like the image of him riding the seahorses though. Oh yeah, sure, that's nice, that's fine. <laughs> um... You got fate with Wonder Woman, and you got all these things going on, and that, and you know, it's fine. But I, I do kind of feel like, yeah, if you didn't read this, most of most of this almost like feels irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. The, the the cyborg teaming up with Raven, it almost feels like it could just been a one shot of like cyborg teaming up with Raven and finding her and like. I I, I agree. Stuff. I think the the biggest thing I noticed with this is that the rest of the crossover was ultimately pointless. If you if this had been a slightly longer issue, but just one issue, and you start with the Justice League being captured, we don't need to see them fighting at all, because that adds nothing to the story. Yeah. All, all it adds... We just need Cyborg's perspective. We need, you know, him knowing that they're, they, they've all lost, and then they all come together anyway. You don't need it, but I will say... I will, I will say I'd be fine with having an issue of it, though. I think the fact that they dragged it out over two issues was the biggest... It was rough, yeah. And it, even then, the first issue setting it up didn't really need to be there entirely either, which is why I said I think two issues would have been perfect. I think one issue of they get captured, we see the fighting, and yeah. they're in a bad place. Because I feel like issues one, one, two, and kind of three to an extent all ended with the same cliffhanger of, oh, we're captured and we're fighting. We're captured and we're fighting. Yeah. Oh, no, we're captured again at the end of the third issue. Like, just, they all kind of had the same ending to them. Um, so... Like, I'd be fine with just a, a two-issue thing, and like I say, it's, it's kind of weird how most of the characters went back in place, so that if you're just reading the main metal book, most of this doesn't affect anything, it's just the cyborgs now get Raven with them, and Flash with them, and they're off to find some other source of the nth, nth metal, so that is the one thing that'll come out of this, where it's like, oh, you had to read it for that, but otherwise, probably yeah, not. Yeah, I know, I, I agree, it's kind of weird, and... I think it's it's notable that the first and last issues of this crossover are Justice League. We could have left the other series out of this entirely. Yeah. Just had it as two issues in Justice League, and that would have worked better. That that would have worked. No, that's cool. And it's not to say there wasn't anything of merit in the other two issues. Like the, the Green Lantern fight last issue was kind of fun, but you know that, that it, was... it, it was fun, but it didn't add anything to the story. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Gotham Resistance was definitely a better 
tie-in crossover. Uh, although this last issue did add some merit to it, and I, I did really like Cyborg and Raven together. I agree, and I like Cyborg at the end. You know, his his uh, realization that he, he thinks is he doesn't want to be a player, but he's meant to be a coach. Mm. And it kind of feels like okay, maybe he will take a step back from the the league as we know it, and maybe kind of go back to the younger generation and try and be one of one of the older uh, the elders to teach them and bring them up. I'd like that. I'd like that. I would too. I think that'd be a good role for him. I feel like they keep trying to do a solo book, and his solo book's like one of the worst selling DC books. Yeah, it's not working. I think throw him back with the with a Titans team, have him make his own Titans team if you really want. Do you know? Uh, but him bringing in the younger generation. Yeah, he would work with Titans. He would work with coaching the younger Teen Titans. Or if you want to do Young Justice and have him like you know, let's say we do get Cassie and Connor back, and like Tim's maybe on that team as well. Like, does he? You know, put him with them because that's the, the, the more Johnsy Titans yeah. team. Like, have that be a thing. I, I don't know, whatever. But uh, I, I think, yeah, I think that's the probably the best action. But I liked him here. I liked him with Raven. It was kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, I like this. I like them because they have history and it. it, it, it I, I agree. So. Yeah, and then we do we do have the moment at the end with um, you know Batman who laughs, kind of going, yeah, well, you know, kind of let them go because now they'll spread the darkness. Yeah, he implies that they're spreading it somehow with. Uh, yeah, I think that's something. an interesting idea. Yeah, it's curious. Uh, he also mentions they'll be back because we still have yeah. some of the friends, so they're going to be back. Yeah, I mean, it's hostage one hundred and one, isn't it? Get the yeah. get someone they care about. They'll yeah, you know, they'll they'll do what you say. Yeah, although, or in this case, they'll do what you expect. Although next time they're coming back with lots of nth mails, so they, they might actually well, have yeah, a chance. Yeah. It, this this plan will likely backfire because it's a it's a comic event, so that's kind of how it goes. But it's, it's a fine plan on his part. Okay, uh, so that is the Batman who laughs. Uh, oh, sorry, that's the Justice League thirty three. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say no, it's not. Well, Batman who laughs was there at the end of the, the yeah, book. Yeah, it, was. It, it was there smiling at me. So that, it, you know. Brain fart. Anyway, I told you I was loopy. I told you I was doing this later than normal. All right, so we're just gonna have to live with some of these mistakes. Anyway, that'll take us on to Batman number thirty-five. Tom King writing and Joel Jones on art. Uh, this is the end of this little arc where we've got Catwoman and Batman going to see Ta- Talia. Uh, they're going to find Holly. We ended the last issue with the fight just about to start between Talia and Catwoman. Batman had kind of had the shit kicked out of him. Catwoman pulled a sword out of him to fight. Which <laughs> they never address. Not really. Did they have to address it? I don't know. I feel like that sword being pulled out of him probably did a lot of damage. Yeah, he looks hurt. He's, he's, he's struggling to get up and he's, he's he's been helped out at the end. Like, that's that's enough. Yeah, well, yes. I, I, that's literally never even occurred to me. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just their basic first day training. Is you know when you got something like that in there, leave it in. Don't pull it out. She, she just made it a lot worse. That's just just whiny bullshit, Connor. Come on now. It, it does not matter. It does not matter. You you are critiquing something that does not need to be critiqued. How often does Batman get shot or stabbed on the regular basis? Answers a lot. The answer is a lot. If you're if you're struggling over there. I don't know if I'd say a lot. I can't remember the last time I saw him get stabbed. It's frequent enough. <laughs> Fine. My God, I had such a stupid complaint to her. This is a great issue. You, you, you're sitting over there whinging about swords not being addressed. It is a pretty great issue. I will say, I don't think it was 800th issue great. Oh, sure. Yeah, like, 
that was clear with um, super uh, action comics. No, actually, Superman it was Superman, Superman, not action comics. Yeah. And uh, I think they had Wonder Woman as well recently. Wonder Woman, yeah, that was the last issue. Wonder Woman was as well. Um, clearly, they didn't actually sort of plan around those. They just sort of went, "Oh, th- those happen to be the eight hundred or seven hundred issues. Let's give them a variant cover, acknowledging the fact <laughs> that it's seven hundred or eight hundred, and that yeah. was about." Uh, so that said, though, fine. out of all the issues, this is the best of those anniversary issues, just because it's a really good issue. I agree. I think it's a great issue. So. Yeah, you know, uh, take that for what it's worth. Obviously, Joel Jones's art is fantastic. Uh, she is back later in the year, in December. 39 and 40, and I believe it's a Wonder Woman, or is it a Superman story? One of them. Superman? I, I don't know. I can't recall. Why did you, bring, why did you ask me the question? You, you, just, you, you put us down a path here of no answers. I feel like you, sh- you should know these things. Why should I know these things? Just because. Be, in, be more informed. I don't even know what the numbers were. You're the ones who brought them up. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, it was on me. Aye, so, yeah. Don't do, do, do start the path if you can't get to the finish line. It was Wonder Woman. Alright, fine. It was Wonder Woman. He's bugging me. <laughs> doesn't really matter at this point. Talk about <laughs> the goddamn issue. So, don't stop complaining about swords. But to be fair, a lot of this issue is swords. I mean, well, first two thirds are swords. Yeah, uh, well, say Joel Jones knows how to pace a sword fight. I think it's something in comics that is often lacking. Sword fights, I think, because some of the the motion can be because it's very repetitive actions. Swords, a lot of it, it's you know the the clashing together and then the moving apart. So often, I feel like in comics when I see them kind of feels stale after a few pages I actually would extend that to all like media with sword fights in it that's fair I, I, I think sword fights are one of the most boring fights you can have in a movie okay so that's why I don't like pirates I, I feel like the sword fighting is boring so I, I never get into it I think the, the, the pirate sword fighting is pretty boring yeah but I think, I think something in general if you do it properly I think can look great but I think it's, it's it's harder in comics because of the the sense of motion between the actions that kind of builds it. I mean, the the actions and the fights fine for me. It's all about the dialogue. It's it's all about the. Uh, oh, the, the dialogue's right. I was just talking about, while we're on the art. I thought I'd yeah. praise that specifically. It was, it was all about the banter between Tally and Catwoman and the yeah. the the conversation about whether or not she's worthy for Batman and you know does Talia see Batman as worthy and Catwoman's like what. Do you think he's the best there is? He's not the best there is. And it kind of comes, it's, it's this genuine attraction that Catwoman has for him where it's, yeah, no, he's broken. He's this broken man. He's got this childhood fantasy where he wants to fight crime for the rest of his life and I'm always going to be second to that. But you know what? I love him anyway. For some reason, this stupid man, I stupidly love him. And Yeah, it, it makes the relationship more real. It's There's no idolising. There's no, oh, okay, they're you know, perfect for each other. It's it's no, this is this is it, realistic. Yeah, it's just it's like yeah, it's just not because of a reason. She just does. It's, it's that simple, which is actually very realistic. Because most people don't love someone for a reason. It's just no, no. You you just feel it, and that's it. And yeah, you can't explain it. You can't even control it. You just have to put up with the fact that you do. You do. Um, yeah. And you got that. Although I honestly, the 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 show stealers, I think of this issue are uh, Dick and Damien, who are still sitting outside the uh, the entrance. Such a good pairing. Why have we not got a book with them? It's coming. It better be. <laughs> it's coming. Nightwing and Robin. 
especially after it. this conversation, because they're basically talking about, oh, why, why do you think he did it, or why didn't he tell us, and they're a bit upset, and Damien, or, uh, Damien hits out with, because he's Batman, and I'm Robin, I should know. And he's like, Nightwing's like, what, did you just say that out loud? Did you just, did the words just come out of your mouth? Yeah. He's Batman, and I'm Robin. It's like, it's like, shut up, shut up, dick. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, he should have told us, and hey, we should be partners. And he's like, would you stop talking, the dick? It's like, um, okay, sure, because I'm Nightwing, and you're Robin. Oh, it was killing me. And he just keeps rubbing it in, and it was it was cracking me up so much. That said, I even liked the ending, because after the whole fight goes down, I, I like that Talia actually... Like, when when Catwoman, like, finishes fighting with Talia, and she's like, you know, hold my sword for me, and she stabs Talia. <laughs> um, and she goes over to talk to Holly, and, like, that little moment when she's talking to uh, Bruce, and she's like, hey, so this is your betrothed, is like, hmm. Like, I like her. Yeah. <laughs> um... And I, I kind of saw it going that way the whole time. Where at the end, Tyler's just going to kind of respect her for holding yeah. her own, for, you know, holding her own. But um, I think it was the the only way it could work and not yeah. feel cheap. But it was still, it was still satisfying. But the the moment okay. I really liked at the end was I don't get enough of Selena interacting with the Robins, and I feel like we may get more of it now if you know we're at least you know going through the motions of them getting married or if they're going to be married for a while. Because I, I feel like her interacting with Damien could be. Nothing but yeah, gold. Yeah, the, these last two panels are just fantastic in terms of that, that interaction. Yeah, because oh, he says, oh, did you run into mother? What what, what happened? And Selena just says, oh, she stabbed your dad, so I stabbed her. And then he's just like, the more things change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's just, I see. Yeah. Okay. But no, I, I like it from an emotional point of view because Dick says to Damien's like, oh, Batman is, it's just, for the first time he's actually trying to be happy, but it's one thing that he's really bad at because he's a lot of things but he's not selfish and to be happy and to ask for something like this, it's asking that it's about him and that's kind of yeah. the opposite of what and he does. I thought that, that parallels really nicely with Selina who is being selfish. She is asking Holly to be, you know, to mm. come forward and, and own it so that it's, so that she can be happy. And it's a funny thing, because it's like, well, yeah, it's, it's nice that she's just asking and not demanding, but at the same time, Holly did murder 200 plus people, and it, she should own yeah. up to that, because murder is bad, kids. It is, it is, uh, yeah. Just for the record. It's pretty, it's, uh, it's pretty bad. But, uh, actually, like, obviously we've, we've loved how King's handled this uh, Batman-Catwoman relationship, and I feel like that this moment towards the end where Damien says to Batman, are you happy? And he just looks at Selena and says, I'm getting there. Like, I actually, you know, I feel, feel a little heartstring tugged just yeah, a little it's, bit. It's moments like that that make me go, this relationship should exist. You know, like, because mm. I think it's fair to question if if we want this, you know, because there's the, the classic sto- uh, you know trope of, okay, once you force these characters into a relationship, is it going to be just a matter of time until it break up or, you know, for the, for the drama's sake, or does it get stale? But it's moments like this that go, no, this is worth doing. It's actually one of my biggest complaints about uh, comic book, not just comic book writers, but just writers in general. This idea that if you put a character in a relationship, if you marry a character, that then it's, it's difficult to write for them. I don't believe that at all. I think it's just, I, I honestly think that's a lazy excuse. because I, you want, I agree. Uh, yeah. th- there is a plethora of things you can do with a, a married character. Like, obviously, the, the one that everyone always brings up is Spider-Man, because Spider-Man was married for X amount of years, and then they threw it away, and now it's like, no, he's never getting married again, we're not having that, because you can't do interesting stories. Like, bullshit. Bullshit you can't. 
Su- yeah. Superman right now has been the best Superman in a long time because he's married and he's got a kid. It's, it's opened the door for all these different things. I agree. And, I mean, remember during the New 52, there was a supposed editorial mandate of mm. no marriage, no one. Yeah, poor, poor uh, Batwoman got the, the, the brunt yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously that came out really badly because people thought it was no gay marriage. And then they had to clarify. It's like, oh, no, no, no one's getting married. It's like, okay, that's that's still awful. Yeah, Tell, no. give, give us a variety of stories. We want we want married and non-married characters. And I feel like with some of these characters who've been around for so long and, and they feel like they're in their 40s or whatever because they've been around for a while in university. It's like, no, it makes sense to get to a point where some of them are going to do this. And, you know, part of me, what is a married Batman like for, you know, at least a few years? Yeah, yeah, I want to know, what, what does this change? Like, does it change how he does things? Because like, it, it's this idea of... Does he want a change to be better for her, or uh, but if he does change, is is does she go well? This isn't what you know. That that's not the man I, I was marrying. You know, it's it's these it, dynamics. Even less, even less. Uh, obviously, obviously, that's all valid. But even just in a sort of uh, situational kind of idea, like, does it mean Selena's like hanging around the back cave with a cup of coffee in the morning, whilst the rest of the team's in like talking about something? Is she hanging yeah. out at the belfry because she's it, now kind of like a member? Yeah, is she more... I mean, because she's been riding the line for a while now of, you know, hero and anti-hero. Yeah. Uh, she's uh, shifted further and further over the years. I, and it's, I, is, is, this, is this where she has to become full hero? And I love that thing uh, in that Batgirl issue with the, you know, the, the lost dog. Mm. I, I, no, it wasn't that, sorry. It was, it was Birds of Prey. It was the recent Birds of Prey where Catwoman showed up. And Batgirl, like, put out the... Like, she, she dressed up in Batman's cowl and cape to, like, right. draw her in. And then, like, Selena was pissed that it wasn't him. And I, I just wonder, like... like and that was a fun interaction. And I, I wonder, like, oh, so going forward now, like, can the rest of the team call on her a little bit easier? Like, will, will she show up out of, like, almost family obligation? Right, because uh, it's, it's at a point now where she can't do anything actively villainous because Bruce will go, hey, look, I know you're not perfect, but can we not be villains? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think you know. I think there's some interesting like, do, ideas. Do, do, do we? Does she still get to steal things? Does Bruce go? Hey, look. I, I, I know you like doing that, and you're good at it, but can we not? I, I think that's actually a fascinating thing to explore with her: is that she's in a mansion, and Bruce can literally buy her anything she wants, but she would still rather steal it because it's the, the thrill of the the chase. Right, exactly. Than, yeah. But but does does because obviously Bruce knows that's what she's like. He knows that that's what she does. But does he expect her to change and stop doing that because of this? I think that's something that'll be interesting to explore. I don't think he does actually. If I was to call it right now, I feel like he's like I think by asking her to marry him, he's long accepted who she is. Yeah, and he he, he trusts her never to cross a line. He knows she's not a killer. He knows she's not various things. But I don't think like he's going to uh, a, bit, a bit of petty theft. Fine, whatever. He's not he's not going to like intervene necessarily. Like. He's like, keep it out of my face. Like, as far as I'm concerned, this is this is private yeah, business yeah. that I don't want to know about. But I, I'm not, yeah, to keep it away from me. I I, I hope it gets to the point where the, the other villains kind of notice this relationship has gotten a bit like, okay, this is even more than it used to be. And like, do 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 they start going? Okay, this favoritism. She's I actually, getting away with things. I, I like the idea that they kind of figure out that they've got a connection. Maybe not married, because why would they jump yeah, to that yeah, necessarily? Yeah, exactly. But I love the idea that they figure out as a connection. And they kidnap Selena, thinking, "Oh, you know, she'll be the damsel." 
And I love the idea that Selena beats them up the shit out of all of them before Batman even shows up. Yeah. And he's just kind of like, huh, you, you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm fine. I, was, I needed the workout anyway. And just, you know, stretch as she walks out of the room. Like, I can see I can see scenarios like that kind of kind of cropping yeah, up. Yeah, I, th- I think there's there's so much potential in this, this coupling that a- a- anyone who says characters shouldn't get married because it creates boring stories has no imagination. Yeah, I mean, obviously certain characters shouldn't get married, but... Um, if 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 if, if, if I, I just it, it bugs me when like certain creators and creators I like as well. I, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus because I, they, I like a lot of these writers and stuff. But creators will say, "Oh, if X character and Y character ever actually got together, you'd be bored." And I'm like, I don't think I would be. I think Not if you do your job properly. Yeah, if, if you actually try and explore it, I don't think I would be bored. I think there's interesting things like people who will never put Babs and Dick together, like you know try it maybe we could actually have something with that like, I, and I, don't know. I, I think that's why i want to give king so much credit because he's gone no i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna and, and like at least to a point right right but it's moments like this here the the are you happy i'm getting there like that's going oh this is why this should be explored because you can do interesting things and king is showing that he is going to do those interesting things yeah yeah, and even just the idea of we've seen how it affected the rest of the Robins and the people around them, and the ones he's closest to, which is the original Dick and his son Damien, like them talking about it and being like, hey, do we feel weird that he didn't even tell us that he was doing this? Yeah, and I guess at the end they kind of mention, you know, like Alfred as well. Well, it's, Alfred it's, knew because they bring up, they, he says Alfred because he's like, is that how you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's this idea of how does Alfred fit into this family now as well? Like, because it's the dynamics have shifted a bit. He's the grandfather. Uh, <laughs> I love the idea that Selena's going to bring a lot of cats to the, the mansion, and uh, like Alfred's Alfred, going to be. We're just going to have an issue of Alfred running around the mansion trying to look after all the cats. Not even looking after. I just imagine him cleaning, just complaining about the cat hair. <laughs> He's yeah. like, oh, that's hair everywhere. Uh, preposterous. I mean, to be fair, they've got a couple of dogs. They've got a cow. Uh, that's true they got a kill already a couple of cats shouldn't be an issue yeah <laughs> i'm sure he can manage yeah so no uh, all that stuff's a really really nice idea i i almost wish uh babs you know how we started this arc and we had the manor and we had all the robins there with duke i kind of wish babs was also there for that i feel like she should be she'd have she should have been in that scene i mean i, I, I get it's all the boys I, I i get that side of it but uh, i feel like babs should have been there I think she's earned that, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't think like Kate or like you know any of the detect other detective comics characters are close enough to him at a personal level to be there. Yeah. but I think Babs is. So, uh, I yeah, it, it feels weird to have Duke, but not Babs. I think it's a, actually a, a testament to the the greatness that is Dick. That, you know, we've said in this that oh, we want a, a Nightwing and Robin book. But I feel like the current Batgirl arc right now is proving why I want a Nightwing and Batgirl book as well. It's all yeah. it's almost like you could put Nightwing with anyone and it would be a fun I, ongoing I, the, book. The, the only way that I will be happy again about Babs not being included for that scene is if we get Dick telling her that they're engaged mm. and, and get her reaction through that. Yeah, I need her reaction. Um, and I also need Selina going to her and asking her to be the maid of honour because she doesn't have... Because Holly's going to be in prison. <laughs> so, yeah. so she's a maid of honor. Hey, bat, you know, bat girl. I know we don't like each other very much, but um, could, could you uh, be the I, maid I like of honor? Because I've I've made some modifications to your suit, and instead <laughs> of the bat ears, it's just little cat ears. 
Uh, she's gonna be pissed. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, I can just see the way I can see like the the bridesmaids being like. You get Steph. You get Cass. You get Kate. <laughs> they just, just, just. They've all just got you know what those little headbands you get with the cat ears on. Like, yeah, 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 just, yeah. They're all just wearing those. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the grooms. I mean, it's actually hard because Batman has so many people who could be on that that groom's side. Because um, part of me is like, Dick should be the best man, but I'm like, no, Clark should be the best man. But then. You know, yeah. But then is Alfred the best man? Alfred, yeah. No, but does Selena ask Alfred to give her away? Yeah, because she doesn't have her dad around. That's true. That that would work. And then you make Clark the best man, and then you have the four Robins. I mean, I don't know why Jason would be invited, honestly, but uh, you have the four Robins. I I want. I need the wedding issue. No, I need the wedding arc. I need the. You know, I need an issue where (laughs) I get the Robins all giving speeches, reminiscing a story of them as Rob. I, I want essentially a six issue arc because it's the build up to the wedding and it's like the rehearsal dinner. I want, I want like Bruce almost seeing Selena in the wedding. I want a romantic comedy basically of this this yeah, wedding. Yeah, yeah. That's what no, I want. What, the issue I really want is the Robins giving their speeches. They all give one. They all reminisce about a different time when they were Robin. Ah, I see, I see. And so you kind of break up the story. You get these, you know, to, to keep it interesting for for an art thing. You know, it's not just talking head. Also, I want um. Like okay, so obviously a villain is going to end up partly ruining the wedding, right? That makes sense. Yeah. I actually, I almost wanted to be a joke where some villain shows up, but because of who they are, like the entire Justice League and Teen Titans are all in the, they're all watching the wedding, they're all in the audience, and everyone just stands up and turns around, and whoever it is, Kite Man, for example, the Kite Man storms in, going, "Aha! I'm, I'm going to wreck this," and then like the entire Justice League, Green Lantern Corps, Teen Titans, everyone just and then, turns and around then, and looks at him. And then, because obviously this is happening on a rooftop, right? And then, sure, yeah. I, I just assume it's going to happen on the roof of a skyscraper. Yeah, like on a big, like you know. And then Kite Man sees them all, jumps off, and just goes, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> yeah, he's like, I face down the entire Justice League and everyone else. And I love to tell the tale. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I need this so badly. King, you better not disappoint. I know you listen to this. And I know, you, I know you're going. <laughs> it's fine. You have to acknowledge it, but we know. Oh, God. That'll take us on. is Superman number 35. Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleason writing. Art by Travis Moore and Steven Segovia. So, we're still in Apocalypse, we have all this stuff going on, uh, Lois is still with the Furies, although she's made a modification to her outfit, she's got a little Superman-esque emblem on her on her yeah. shirt, which is also, a nice we, touch. Also, um, there's a, another artist listed as well, Art oh, was it? Thiber. What was that? Art Thiber? Thiber? Alright, oh, I, I thought you were saying Art by, and then you just went Thiber? No, 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 that, Art's his first name. <laughs> right, okay, right. That's convenient. Yes, it's never going to get confusing, is it? <laughs> art by art. Art by art. Uh, so, yeah, you've got a list with them. you got, uh, John's got his own cool little subplot here where he, he he's escaped from the previous people who are hunting him and he's like the, the big dogs, these big, what were they, what were they called? Is that, they have a name. I don't know. I was just referring to them as hellhounds. Devil Raiders or something like that. I can't remember the exact name. But um, he, he ends up rescuing one because he, these, these assholes are going to cook them all and eat them. And... They end up kind of like taking a liking to him, so he ends up. That, the issue actually ends with him raiding in to save the day. He's raiding on one of these big, one of these big dogs. Yes, in, in come the dogs of war. Yeah, 
Uh, and he, 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 in fact, he intervenes at, uh, to save the dogs because he's like, hey, this is a job for Superboy. And he's like, had a little big moment for him. Uh, but, you know, it's good. Um, and Superman's with Lex. He's pissed at Lex because Lex is trying to offer Superman up as the new, you know, lord and saviour of Apocalypse. Yeah, here's your new dark side. Here, take him. Yeah, here's your new god. Please. Uh, there was some fun antics in there. I like the whole, like, Superman gets that sort of metal thing in his head so he can't see. So Lex is like driving him basically on his back he's yeah, like right yeah. okay like, shot left right yeah uh so so that was that was that was fun stuff it's a, it's a fun sequence yeah basically to, to sum up this issue for me i think it's a fun issue and uh, an arc that i think is fun if not that special or like i don't think it's an important arc per se like i think it's just kind of a oh, okay you got mad max lois and you got john doing some fun stuff on apocalypse it feels like a, a fun breather before we get to the real stuff yeah yeah uh, which is funny because you feel like since they're paying off some of this Lex stuff that they've been building up to uh, that it might become uh, something bigger I think honestly my favourite part of the issue was honestly when the uh, the, the chaos cannon uh, like mm. the, the, the big guy's going to fire into the core of the planet and that page where it actually fires and you just see the entire planet go cold I really like that page That that was it's really big and dumb comic book sci-fi nonsense but it was it was pretty no, I, I agree it's, it's nice uh, so that yeah, was, was solid. And, so. I think this is a, another issue that suffers from having you know, three artists. I, and, I agree. I'm feeling the shifts. And I don't think there was anyone that I particularly thought was bad, but it was yeah, it was like again. I think individually they're all yeah. varying degrees of good. They were just jumping around. It's just it's just too inconsistent. The it's and this this double shipping starting to hurt some of the books in this sense. I still don't want to give it up though. I don't either, but if it's it's one of those problems where this is the the double shipping is is only a concern now reading it monthly. When I read this again in the future as a as a collected run, this is going to feel even you know it, it's gonna, that problem. This problem is still going to be here. Oh sure, I I think honestly I want to, I don't want to blame double shipping though. I feel like like. Tomasi and Gleason took like two months off, so and they were catching up. So I'm not sure why like the third issue back has like three artists on it. <laughs> like I'm not no, sure. It, what... but, but it's the same thing that happened with uh, you know with Wonder Woman where it was okay. This is the new arc, you know, the, with the you know, when we get into this stuff, and then we were promised here's the two artists that are doing this one arc, and we've already had four four different artists. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that one bothers me less though because I'm not as into the right, story. Right, right, right. But the, 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 the story is kind of irrelevant to the the problem. I don't know. Different artist issue issue isn't bothering me as much as it's bothering you. I, I'm I'm not feeling it that much. I I think it's I, it's one of those again where I when I sit down and read this as a trade in the future, you know, sit down and read through it all, it's gonna feel mm. really jarring. Don't get me wrong. I do like a consistent artist. I'm not saying I don't. I I do. Um. But I am really liking the pace of the double shipping, so I wouldn't give it up. Admittedly, I do have a problem when there's three artists on one goddamn book. That, yeah, that, that, I that think is... we need a different solution. I think the problem is they they just don't want to delay anything to to let it happen. Like I say, multiple artists on one issue bothers me, uh, but the, the changing artists to keep up with double shipping doesn't so much. As long as long as they relatively com- uh, complement each other, uh, or at the very least, keep it arc by arc. Because I. I like you know, I, Green, I, I'm, Green I'm Arrow. A big fan of yeah. Green Arrow, for example, is handling it wonderfully. I, I still think Batman is handling it the best out of anything. Oh, Batman's handling it really that, well as well. Yeah. Yeah, where it's been no, this arc is one person, with the exception of 
a set issue which has a reason to be different or yeah and and i think it's worked out really well i think uh whoever's scheduling that i uh, probably down to the the group editor is doing a fantastic job i think that's when you see how it's double shipping is the problem i kind of re- well no but some books are making it work so clearly like well i think it's it's it, it's clearly down to the individual editors who are, you know, scheduling this and sorting it out. Hmm. So whoever's the editor and do, sorting out these deadlines for Batman and Green Arrow, they're doing a great job. And you know, clearly whatever they're doing is working. And whoever is doing it on the, these other books is 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 not taking the same approach. They're they're taking a different approach of going, ah, whatever. I'll just get anyone on it. I think that's unfair, unfair to say they're saying whatever. Just put anyone on it. Well, okay, but more just okay. You, you know who, who's free? Them. You know they can finish this issue. Yeah. No, I'm just saying that that implies they don't care. I mean, it could just be they're just not as good as their job as the others are. Or like I say, there's, there's, there's factors here we can't necessarily predict. I, I don't want to necessarily throw the blame on someone. Like there's, there's reasons out with their control for delays and people not being able to finish issues and whatever. Like I, 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 I think I think that's unfair. I think that is extremely cynical and negative to look at it well it's 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 how i'm feeling about the situation right now i gotta be honest um it's not bothering me that much so uh with that said we will move on to green lanterns number 35 tim silly writing and carlo barberi on art uh so we're continuing uh we've got what's his face well thunga well thunga there you go him we got him and uh, he he shows up at Jesse's work. We teased him at the end of the last issue, and he actually shows up in Jessica's work while she's trying to convince her boss that she's ready to go into the into the front uh, uh, to you know waiting tables. She's ready to do that, and she's like, "Hey, I'm I'm sick of filling these these vegan chicken wings in the morning." And Balthunga comes in and he's got the megaphone and he's shouting out. Green Lantern, show yourself, and yada yada yada, and she she actually flies them through the wall. I thought, yeah, that's a good way to keep your job. <laughs> Put yeah. a big hole in the wall. I like she's really open about it as well. She's like, you know, you, you hear both things shouting. She goes, yeah, sorry, that's that's for me. I'm going to deal with this guy. I actually I love how she looks really embarrassed up until that moment, and she puts on this fake little smile. Hey, sorry, just one moment. It's it's almost like that, like I said in a movie where. They're trying to like have a conversation with someone who doesn't know what's going on in the rest of the house, and the person has to like say, "Oh, just one second, and then they go behind the door, and then they're dealing with some absurd situation. Yeah, uh, they, they don't want the person to know about. It. That's what it felt. Like. It felt like that fake smile to try and get Definitely. that done. Uh, there was actually a lot packed into this issue in terms of in terms of plot. Well, it's so, quite dense. So so Jess is fighting uh, Belthunga, and then she puts in a call to Simon. Simon's actually up in his new home, <laughs> uh, up yeah. in the the big lantern space. Uh, he's had a one night stand with a night pilot, and he sh- she's like, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, 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 we had fun and all, but I'm not ready to date someone who's basically squatting at my age. And he's like, oh, that's cold, all right. But we, we see what Simon Simon's like. So he shows up to help. Uh, we're still building the the plot on uh, on Gara because you know the, the 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 traitor, the one who set up the previous disaster, he actually murders someone. And actually plans evidence to blame it on the Molites, which you know that's who they just saved. They just saved them from the planet. So yeah. there's there's a plague going on there, which I actually I like that they're building these characters. Um, I also I like how it uh, segued into it because yeah, because yeah, Simon's like, oh, maybe I should give that 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 cute uh, Angara girl a call. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I thought it was a really nice segue, and then, and then we go over to it. I was like, oh, okay, that, that, that really worked. It really worked, and I think it's nice that we know we're going back there, so it's not just a random thing either. It's like, yeah, you probably will see her again, because they're going to end up going back at some point for yeah. you know all, all this stuff going down. Uh, so, no, really cool. I like that Simon is like, oh, this guy has a problem with Guy Gardner. It can't be all that bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, as, as a Guy fan, he's still not wrong. Also, apparently Jessica thinks it's wabbit season because she's a... <laughs> she's got a hunting rifle. She's, she's got a hunting rifle. <laughs> that was cracking me up. Bullfunger's just a giant rabbit to her. <laughs> now, all of it's good because they, they end up basically running into what is his ship they think it's a cabin in the woods but it's like a cloaking system and it's actually his ship and they get a hold of him and he actually explains what he's doing there basically he's all talk he's always been all talk and he is like okay so I got put in prison uh, by the lanterns and it got around that I had been kind of lying about my exploits so people started giving me a hard time and eventually, this mysterious woman came to see him, Singularity Jane. Who, a good name. So that's a very good name. And she offers to get him out of prison, but to do so, she has to. He has to agree to uh, her her one kind of like a small favor, a favor, small that, payment. That's how she puts it. And he doesn't know what it is until he gets out. But it turns out he's he's been hired as a hitman. He has to kill someone. And if he doesn't kill them within a week, then he'll be killed instead. So that's actually so. Basically, we find out that the person and we hear him talking off off panel, and then we turn the page and we find out it's actually his father, Boff, the Unkillable. Doesn't look also very, a great title. Also a good title. He doesn't look very unkillable to me. He looks quite frail these days. He does. He's got a, he's got a walking stick. I mean, it's a pretty cool walking stick. It's a skull, but what, it's what, still a walking stick. Yeah, it's a skull with like a fancy spine to. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. Um. But yeah, so so he's brought he's came here to Earth to talk to the Green Lanterns mainly because he wants help. Well, that's kind of the thing. Yeah. But they put in a call to John, and John's like, "Yeah, don't believe the word he says. He's full yeah, of shit. Com- complete bullshit." I think yeah. He it. He does actually. Yeah, it censored out. But yeah, that's what he says. Yeah. Complete bullshit. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, no, that he's under arrest. You'll put him there." And I love that we just just the subtle touch of this uh, this Jane character. She shows up on Earth, and we see her talking to a truck driver asking for like a um. Well, she's not even asking for directions. It, it kind of looks like that sort of scene, but she's she's just kind of uh, like, "Hey, c- can I can I get a kiss?" Uh, you know, and it's like, "Oh, sure." And the other guy just sort of goes along with it. And then the last page, you just see that he's lying there. Not only is he dead, he's basically been sucked of life. He's, he's a bag of skin. Yeah. And she's yeah. walking off wearing his hat. That's the uh, the the gist of this issue. So there was, there was a lot in there to kind of unpack because. We have, but it's it's all very well connected. So it's all uh, Barthunga it flows focused really well. Yeah, um, and we have the one segue to Angara, but we know that's kind of still going on, and I like that that's still building in the background. I think Celia's doing a really good job here of like setting up this this some supporting cast elements that are kind of new to his run, and yep. I actually kind of like you know I like the characters from Angara, and I, I like uh, this job plot, even though it seems like it's you know maybe doomed for this. You know, like, I, I don't feel like she's going to keep her job that long. Uh, no. But like I, I like what it's, it's doing with it, and I can't. I can't... It's, it's a you know the the keeping the job thing. It's a classic superhero trope that I don't think we see very often anymore. Mm. So it's kind of refreshing to see it again played now. Yeah, 
And I, I, I can't emphasize enough how much I was laughing during the opening scene. The, the you know, the, yeah, it's tracking me. She's sitting there talking to the boss, and you can just hear, "I am Berthunga, and I am here to meet the Green Lantern. Show yourself." Yeah. And she's trying to ignore it, and it just it won't go away. He's got the megaphone. Uh, it was really cracking me up. Yeah, a lot uh, of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, I enjoyed the art quite a bit as well, actually. I thought it it suited the slightly, I don't want to say goofy, but Berthunga is such an over the top, big hulking character. Do you know what? It, do you know what it is at the minute? This book feels like mm-hmm. it feels like a sitcom. <laughs> a little bit, actually. Yeah, like it, it's kind of going. Hey, yeah, we're gonna have some fun with this. We're doing the job thing, you know. It's like, oh, you know, play, it, played for laughs, and that is completely okay. I agree. It's a nice, uh, it's a nice change of tone to differentiate it because obviously, the stuff that was before was mostly quite serious in terms of being this, you know, space cop stuff. Because it, it had its moments interspersed that were, you know, the the the, the personal lives stuff, but it was mostly quite, uh, you know, serious in its storylines. Whereas this. Bolfunga is kind of a joke. That's kind of his point, yeah. He is. Yeah. And, you know, towards the end of the book, when, when his demeanor's changed and he's kind of embarrassed telling them all this stuff, and, you know, Simon and Jess are just kind of looking annoyed that they're having to put up with them. Uh, he, it's, it's doing a good job of getting their, their kind of mood across about him. Mm. And it's, it's got the right tone for, for his kind of expressions. He, he's, he's such a big goofball once they actually. St- I mean, he's, he's a big goofball even when he's trying to be threatening. But once he sort of he lets that... He becomes kind of likeable at the end, doesn't he? Yeah, but once that goes away, he's kind of this big guy who's just like really kind of embarrassed. Very, very, yeah, very abashed. Admitting that he's, you know, he's not actually that, that great a guy. He's not this great fighter who's killed all these people. He's not won all these battles. He's just kind of... Yeah, I, I really like the, the panel where he stood next to his, next to his dad because it's like, you know, like, like we said, Boff's much smaller. He's very frail looking, but he still looks like he, he's, he's really holding himself in. He feels small. Yeah, yeah, he looks again. He, he just kind of looks ashamed, like like his father's just belittling bullet, him, and he he feels put down by yeah. it. Uh, you you really see that. So, no, they are really strong in that sense. Um, so no, no, I, I, that's just all. I think this has been. I mean, I, I was really enjoying Humphreys toward you know the, later in his run anyway. But uh, Celia, I think, has been hit the ground running since he started with us. Agreed. So, uh, I'm so used to going on to Green Arrow after that book. But yeah, yeah. It's is this the first time we haven't? Yeah, this is the first week that you've not had a Green Arrow. This is the first month of single shipping. We do have a, a an annual of it at the end of the month, but this is, uh, yeah, no Green Arrow this week. So that takes us on to Nightwing number 33, also Tim Seeley, but art by Avier Fernandez. So this is uh, the penultimate chapter to this arc. And the run. And the run. I, I, yeah, I think it's the run. I, I don't know. Is it, does he have an epilogue issue, maybe? I, I don't think so. I don't think he does. Okay. Uh, so, this picks up. Obviously, we, the last issue was mostly just Nightwing uh, and Raptor at the, the blackjack table. And obviously, it's a lot of flashbacks telling the stories uh, of how, how Raptor was around during his mother's death and all the rest of it. Mm. Uh, this picks up sort of after the big sort of cliffhanger where everyone started hulking out, everyone's going blockbuster style. And yep. this issue kind of becomes Nightwing and Blockbuster have to work together because all this is going down. And they still have this pact where they still made this deal where he's going to help get rid of Raptor, but Dick in return is going to leave Bloodhaven. That's still the plan. Mm-hmm. But it becomes more of a, we're under siege, there's monsters all over the place. And then, of course, Tiger Shark is also hulking out. And yeah. that becomes a big thing. There were some really good moments in here. I really liked the uh, uh, we can still work together, we can still do this, and there's a really great 
suspenseful sequence of so blockbuster get you know dick swings him up you know they're very trapeze you know artist style uh, as it even kind of talks about yeah even even references it but even if he didn't like it's still very much that like, you can it just you can see it but so dick's left fighting tiger shark and he's holding him off for a little bit but he eventually has to sort of run away and he you know jumps into uh one of the rooms or the elevator or whatever and he's like hey blockbuster desmond shut the door because he's at the control panel and there's this moment where you're not really sure and he you know he shouts desmond and he's like uh, roland. sorry roland hey, he's roland desmond yeah yeah but he shouts roland Oh, whatever. Sometimes well, no, no. I, I, I think it makes a difference. It's, it's the, it's. <laughs> I think it's the, the familiarity that it implies. Okay, sure. Uh, sometimes, sometimes your corrections though are really nitpicking. No, I know, but I, I think this one. There was, there was a genuine. I do think the, the familiarity that applies in the desperation of the moment. Sure, sure. I'm not looking at the page right now though, so I'm just. Yeah. yeah. From memory, um, and you just you turn the page, but then you know the door's shut just in time, and Tiger Shark slams into it. And it's just a really satisfying. Yeah, it's really it's really satisfying, but it's it's just, it's a really well done scene because you you feel the countdown and like does does is, can we trust Blockbuster? Can we actually trust what he's going to do? What he says he does? Yeah, uh, does he actually? Because that's the thing. I mean, Blockbuster even brings up that uh, you know way back when we first interacted with him and he was pretending to be a good guy. He, he you know he double crossed Dick. He double crossed them with the you know that whole villains meeting and like testing the weapons out on him. But he, he kind of brings up. He's like, yeah, but I knew you would use that time vest thing to get out of it like, I, I left that there to make sure yeah i really like their relationship so when they go into the elevator and you know they, they talk about how he you know he has to de-blockbuster and he's like you know well you know and it's the he says he'll go up on his own uh while he's still in blockbuster mode, he's like, i'm going up on my own you go deal with your your friends downstairs mm. and help them out and it, it's this idea that he even even though like Dick points out, it's like no, you were you were scared to go up there because you knew you had to come back to normal. So you were scared to go up there, but he was kind of willing to do it anyway. He, yeah. he was gonna let Dick go. If 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 Dick had left, I don't think he'd have complained. Yeah, uh, uh, Sean finally contacts him as well because Sean kind of mm. is figuring out stuffs going down. Pigeons working with Raptor tells Dick that we see Raptor with Pigeon and Raptor's pissed that he couldn't go through with it and kill him. Uh, as, as he puts it, Dick has his mother's eyes, which, you know, made him melt, essentially, inside. Yeah. Uh, but the whole plan comes together at the end. We see, you know, D- Dick and Desmond side by side, they look out, and basically they're going to release this poison that turns everyone into Blockbuster, but without the intelligence. Like, they're all yeah. mainless monsters. They're going to release it. Because Dick even cracks some jokes. He's like, oh, is it in the reservoir? A big hot balloon. You know, like, you know, all these, like, tropes. Like, cla- and, classic Gotham. Yeah, classic Gotham silly ways for the Joker to, like, poison everyone. Yes. Scarecrow and, too, as well. Ah, Scarecrow. And they look, they look across, and it's actually Raptor and Pigeon are releasing various birds, including pigeons, I would have to imagine, but there was a, some owls in there, there was all sorts. And he's like, oh no, it, it, it has to be ironic, it has to release it via night wings. Yes. As Dick puts it. I mean, I, I don't recognise all the birds well enough, but I really hope they're all nocturnal. I imagine that's the point. Yeah, but pigeons aren't nocturnal, are they? Still around at night. <laughs> I mean, Everything's still around at night. I'm still around at night. It doesn't make me nocturnal. Ah, you see enough of them though at night. I feel, I feel like yeah, there's, there's, certain, there's certain birds you would never see at night unless you really specifically go hunting for them. Uh, I guess. I guess. I mean, how often do you see a duck at night? I mean, I don't see a duck in the day. So I bet you would if you were by a, a pond with with a duck in it. <laughs> 
I probably would, yeah. But it'd be hiding at night. You wouldn't see it at night. It'd be... Okay, I'm, I'm with you. It'd be away. Um, look, you give me shit for saying his second name instead of his first name, so I'm giving you shit for your your bird knowledge. Yeah, yeah, my, my bird knowledge is lacking. Some I'm, I'm... Avery professor you are. I never claim to be any such thing. Okay, uh, I went a little bit the art a little bit. I really like uh, back at the start of the book. There's a, a really nice uh, when they're standing, they're surrounded by all the monsters. There's this kind of jaggy, oh, almost like a mouth itself, but then inside this little sort of gap. Yeah, it's is, all the, the the teeth clenched. Yeah, it's just all the all the monster teeth all clenched. Looking at them, it's, you know, it's dark, yeah. this dark red. Uh, there's a good sense of motion throughout the book. There's a lot of speed lines and stuff. Uh, we didn't mention that the runoffs are outside dealing with various monsters and saving, you know, bystanders. Yes. Because uh, all uh, some of the monsters have like fled out onto the docks and they're harassing. So that they're, they're being the heroes. Yeah, so they're getting some payoff, which is nice because it it means that everything that's been introduced in the run, you know, it would not. I am I am positive that Zvabada will show up next issue and help out in a big way. Yeah, she has to. One would imagine. Uh, so, how do you think they're going to resolve this? Dick has to leave Bloodhaven. Uh, do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, he could leave, but I don't think he does, though. I'm pretty sure the arc after this, that, you know, the first arc... I thought arc, he was still in Bloodhound yeah. as well. I, I, I think whatever goes down... Do you think Desmond will... will begrudgingly make the ch- allow him yeah, to Yeah, he'll make the choice to say, you don't have to leave because you helped me fix this. Yeah, like, you know, because part of this here is he talks about how, you know, you, you try and change, but you don't really know it, you don't really want to know it. But maybe this, you know, real saving of it and, and trying to make it better... It, he'll go okay m- maybe we can make this place better together yeah yeah i can see that obviously uh rolling could just die as well <laughs> i mean that's he an could. option i think that's less interesting though oh it is less interesting it's definitely the easier option it is yeah definitely easier option um no i'm, I'm just i'm just skimming through the- I, I think uh just you, you mentioned the art i think for the oh. most part it is excellent my only problem is every so often the faces dick looks really young he like has a proper baby face I think Fernandez has always been like that, though. I don't think yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah, no. I don't think that's new to this, this particular it's not, I, I found it, I found it more, more noticeable, this issue, for whatever reason. That said, uh, the, the the page... Is it where Tiger Shark first appears? I think it is. Let me just go back and see if... We, no, we, we see him already at the top of the elevator shaft. But when we come, when we come back from the uh, the pigeon raptor scene, and uh, Tiger Shark's... Oh, like he's com- kind of in the wall, yeah. He, he's coming down through the, the top of the elevator. He's he actually he's come through the hole... And there's this bright light shining down. That looks phenomenal. That is like a proper monster movie. Do, do you know moment. what? He kind of looks very Killer Croc-esque in that light. Ah, he's, he's Killer Croc with a red bandana, basically. He is in that, yeah. Yeah. It looks good, though. It's proper monstrous. Uh, I, I love when they play with highlights and shadows like that, like where it's proper blown out. Yeah, it's 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 nice because you can go to the extremes really easily in a you know when it's just drawn. Hmm. And you can make it look good, and it it mostly always does look good because they don't do it enough, so the effect of it kind of stands out. Yeah, and the, the whole sequence we mentioned, obviously, he runs from Tiger Shark and goes into the uh, you know into the elevator or whatever. But he like the whole thing plays out as a monster running from a monster, but they're on nothing but cables and a very large shaft, which plays to Dick's strength uh, given his background in the circus. So. It's just a very interesting, like, new challenge for him where, okay, he's used to being up there on the cables and, like, you know, dangling around and jumping between them, but he's got this hulking monster who's also doing the same thing right behind him. It gives it this kind of 
almost it's uh, very it, king kong swinging on the vines it's no no pun intended here king kong's a bit big to swing in the vines no no i'm talking giant vines all right giant vines all right, <laughs> um, but no, it's just it's, it's, it's very shark like. I don't even I'm not even using that intentionally because of his name. It's just just the way he's kind of hunting him when he's trying. To, it's, he's got the, he's got the scent of blood and he's going yeah. for it. Yeah, and he, he he literally bites his ankle actually at one point. So uh, it's really yeah. good. A lot of motion lines, all that kind of thing. Uh, very well done sequence. Mm, really is. So it's all good stuff. Uh, anyway, big cliffhanger. So going to the last issue of the arc. Uh, and we have a bunch of actual birds to deal with. Yeah, it's um, different. I'll give them that. <laughs> uh, what, we're just going to like shoot birds next issue? Like, that, that, yeah, that that seems weird. But I mean, I, do, do they just pull a you know? Oh, we'll send out some some pulse that knocks birds out. I'm like, well, is that a bit just cheap? Um, is there? I mean, if there's a way to send them out to a location, there must be a way to draw them back in. That's true, but are they necessarily sending them out to a location, or are they just just going just go? You know. No, no, yeah, uh, I don't know, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see how they, they handle it next issue. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it though. Um, it's been a it's been a really great run. That'll take us on to Batwoman number nine, Margaret Bennett on the writing and Fernando Blanco on art. So we're continuing our Scarecrow story here. Uh, we ended last issue with Kate and Colony Prime. Uh, both kind of heavily injected with the, this new serum and they're both seeing completely different things. Uh, Kate's getting a sort of Alice in Wonderland type thing going on whereas Colony Prime is seeing a video game, basically, <laughs> for, yeah. for lack of a better, better description. We don't see much of that version though. No, no I, I kind of like that actually though. It's all Kate's side we see. But he yeah. just he just Kate occasionally makes references to what he's seen and it's, it just sounds completely different. It's like, oh, yeah. it's this pixelated bad guy. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, whereas this, the... The image of Scarecrow, it very much feels like the, the Arkham Asylum game version. You know, those those nightmare sequences where he's towering over everything. The, uh, the needles for fingers I especially love. In fact, I mean, the, yeah. art, the art's typically pretty good. I, I still think it's the weakest art in the book. Out of the, out of the artists yeah. that we've had, I think Blanco is the weakest. Because I, not because, bad. Because I really liked Eptine. I really liked that issue 5 artist. I can't remember who that was off the top of my head. But, Stephanie Hands. There you go, Stephanie Hands. Um but it's it's generally pretty solid but my favorite part of it is how scarecrow looks everything with scarecrow uh you know seeping into darkness or coming out the big sort of version of him with the big needle needle fingers yeah uh, the the spidery version yeah all of that stuff's really really good uh this issue basically amounts to a couple of things it's a little bit of i want to say fun almost bonding between colony prime and kate where they're kind of bickering about they're not really brother and sister, and she's like, oh, yeah. But, but it feels a lot like sibling bickering, it? It does, it? but she's like, oh, yeah, okay, you're the son that, in, you know, Kane never had, blah, 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 let's not do this. But it, it does genuinely feel like the siblings bickering. Um, but she, she, you know, learns a little bit about him. She learns that she, he's, he's a father. You know, she sees the photograph that he's got under his helmet, uh, yeah. and it makes her understand him maybe just a little bit better. And it all kind of ties into this idea of, you know, they, they both kind of get roped into their kind of their career paths because their, their their parents, to some extent, were in the military or something like that. And she sees it as this cycle of, you know, just a cycle of death where either your you know, your parents are already dead or you end up dying. Yeah, you try to live up to them or honour them and, you know, you end up making the same mistakes. Yeah, and it all kind of boils down. Like she's in this, like, scarecrow. And we see that, uh, you know, our dad's kind of on the way. He's looking for them. He's at least yeah. looking for Colony Prime because he knows he's there. Well, he knows if he knows Kate's there, I'm not sure, actually, off the top of my head. But 
I can't recall now. But it kind of all boils down to having this moment of strength where she realizes she can be powerful in here. Like it's her nightmare. Can yeah. she take control? And, and this is the where the art is absolutely at its best as well. Mm. Because she starts to transform. She's like, yeah, I mean, like I could contri- contribute to this cycle of death and violence, but um, I can take control. Like you're trying to scare me of what could happen. And there's that great page with all the panels of like, okay, so this is our past. Here's the sister. Here's everything that's happened. Uh, our mother dying. Yeah, here's but, where she is now, and, and that's you know, that you see, tease of the future. You see her with the belfry, and then of course, yeah, we see the, the future tease of like you know what she'll be become, and we see, we see the the you know the fascist Gotham Batwoman that we've seen in the, the other issues. I thought it was really interesting in that panel that there was two bat signals in the sky behind her. Um, did we see that in that last issue though? I don't recall seeing it in the last issue, but maybe I just never noticed. I I, I feel I. I mean, it's been a while, but I feel like there was multiple bat signals, kind of just constantly. Yeah, there, there might well have been. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I don't know if it's maybe like more of a. You know, rather than being a signal to call someone in this future, it's more branding. This is our city. Like we control. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of like how like Nazi Germany has swastikas everywhere. It's like, no, here's some bat signals in the sky. Yeah, yeah, that, that's kind of how it looks in yeah, this image. We, we're in power. Uh, and the big final page is like she's actually transformed into a giant freaking monstrous bat. Yeah, it's fantastic looking. Yeah, and yeah, so I don't know. I, I, it's funny because I feel like this arc is probably my least favourite of the book so far. Even though it's doing a lot of little things that I really like. I, I think it's because we're trapped in this like nightmare and it's because it's kind of all a dream to an extent, like it's not doesn't quite have the same weight as the real world actions. It, 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 yeah, it, it's, it's going to relate to everything because we know the many arms of death are involved. They're funding Scarecrow and all these things. And we have some good moments in here. Um, but I am kind of looking forward to being back out into the real world and doing that stuff. Agreed. Although I will say the, the double page spread where she is transforming, the layout there is spectacular. The way they kind of angle in and out the panels. Yeah, the even the the speech bubbles are actually angled with the panel, so you get some that are really skewed. It's it's really disorienting, and it works amazingly. And I think what's interesting about that dull pitch spread is that you kind of get it from Scarecrow's perspective more than hers, because it's like it's like she's starting to manipulate it, so it's affecting his view of it. Yeah, so you're, he, you're kind of seeing the, the confusion of what's going on. Yeah, so he's it's kind of it is a little bit difficult to read at first because yeah. you're kind of moving back and forth. But it's him that's being disoriented here, not her. Yeah. and typically we're getting things from her point of view because she's our main character, she's our protagonist. But yeah, here it kind but of this shifts. Is that shift, and again, that's another one of those pages where Scarecrow looks incredible <coughs> against the the night sky and the the broken sea. Yeah, it's it's, it's full on Scarecrow from the Arkham games. That's basically what it this is. is. Uh, but it. that's okay. I have no problem with that. So yeah, and uh, I love how on that that last page where she's the giant bat, Scarecrow looks so small. Yeah. Um, also, I, I love the idea that uh, Colony Prime's questioning, like, are they even looking for him? Do they care to come yeah. and get him? Uh, and because because it's when Batwoman says that she tracked the signals, like, well, you tracked it. Why haven't? Why hasn't anyone else tracked it? Like, yeah. you know, it starts to question it. it of course, we know that they are. Yeah, they are. They're, they're looking. She's just smarter, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, they obviously they they try and boost the signal. Um, obviously John Nesher. So that'll that's what kind of leads to you know Colonel Kane's on his way. But we'll we'll get to that next issue. Uh, so no, it was, it was not bad. It was had some fun moments. Um, mm. but not necessarily standing out amongst the the run so far for me compared to the first arc and the some of the other stuff. Agreed. But I'm enjoying it at least. Oh yeah. Uh, 
Uh, that'll take us on to Super Sons number 10, Peter J. Tomasi writing and Jose Lewis on art. You're behind on this and Matt's not here, so I'm, I'm flying solo for yeah, this one. Yeah, you, you probably should have put this after Aquaman. No, nah, that splits it up a little bit because it means like it's not just me and Mo and then you and your own for Red Hood, so... Yeah. There's a method to this madness. There's a method to it. There's not. This is just the same audio you always have and you didn't think about it. Shut up. So, uh, it's a shame you're not caught up because I actually love this issue. Like, I, I was not excited necessarily this month because the last couple of issues weren't as hot. Like, you know, we, I liked the start of the last arc when it was the Teen Titans involved, but then when they went to this other planet with these, like, clay girls. Yeah, I think the one with the Titans is the last thing I saw. Uh, that, that 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 had some moments, but it was mostly kind of whatever. And me and Matt were both kind of glad that it was done. And this issue, fantastic. This issue was basically Batman and Superman decide that because they're starting to get more serious about it. At the start of the issue, like John hears something with the superhero because he's testing his flight. Like they're they're all together. Like Batman, like, I should say Bruce and Clark because they're they're in civvies and. Uh, Damien's there and Damien's like right shush shut up and like Clark's like did he just tell you to shush he's like he gets that from me <laughs> and like but they're, they're testing John's flying he's, he's like he's flying continuously he's really good at it now but John hears like a, he's like hey I can hear someone there's a robbery over actually no he sees it because they're talking about his microscopic vision he sees it he's like there's a robbery a, a big belly burger in Gotham can I go dad and he's like yeah, okay, but like, listen, get the weapons first, then subdue. Let the police do their job after that. There's no need to do anything else. And he's like, okay, and he flies off to go and deal with it. And it's like, oh, he's being trusted to go and do that now. Like, Superman's mm. like, hey, yeah, go and deal with a simple B&E. <laughs> go, go do that. Um, and, yeah, so, so they basically decide, as far as that, they should have a base. So this issue is Batman and Superman taking their sons to their new base. Uh, which is an underwater base uh, nice. under the Gotham Harbor, I think. And like Damien's like nitpicking it. He's like, "This is strange. Batman would never. There'll be a catch to this. He's only given us our, our own base because I think Damien at the start of this show says, "Oh, we should probably get our own place away from prying eyes." And he's questioning like, "He's only doing this because he wants to keep an eye on what we're doing." In fact, as soon as they leave, he starts sweeping it for bugs. He's like, "I'm sweeping it for bugs, John. Just you, just you wait by." Um, but he, he keeps questioning things. He's like. Yeah, how are we going to be any useful down here? It's going to take us like several minutes to get to the shore before we can even go anywhere. And then it's like, nope, teleporters have been installed. They will beam you up to the to the surface in less than 100 seconds. Or anywhere you need to go in 100 seconds. And I'm like, okay, okay. Seems pretty useful. Uh, but the catch for, for Damien, actually, is quite funny. It's interesting because Batman's like, yeah, you know, your homeschooling's kind of reached the limit of what it's going to be. The trade for this is that you have to go to school. And it's the same school that John's going to. Of course it is. Gold. And the first thing is, is John's like, oh, we can hire out together at school. And David's like, I'm three years older. I'm not going to be in the same class. Unless you've put me in a younger class because I've not had as much school. Tell me, tell me not, father. <laughs> tell me, tell me not. Uh, it, everything about this was absolute gold. Uh, there's some really nice little touches. Uh, again, I, I love how it, the dichotomy, like when they, when they, when the, the parents both bring them here, like when they go to get them at the house, he's like, Superman comes in and he says hi to Lois, he's like, oh, is he there? And he's like, yeah, I, I wash his uniform. And he goes in and he throws the uniform on the bed and John's like, oh, I'm getting up. And he's like, yeah, he's like, no, John, come with me. And it's the middle of the night, so he's not expecting to be up. He's like, yeah, okay, I'm coming. And he's like, he's waking up. 
Batman comes home, Alfred's like, okay, right, this is, I cleaned one of his uniforms, here it is, and he's like, <clears throat> and he's like, you know, you're always less polite when you're in uniform, he's like, thank you. And he walks into Damien's bedroom, and just like with John, he throws the uniform across the bed, and he's like, Damien, get up. And then it cuts to, the next panel cuts to Batman, and Damien's actually above the door, like, perched. He's like, <laughs> you're getting loud in your old age, man. <laughs> and he's like, perched, he's like, waiting. Uh, again, it's, it's the dichotomy, it's the, it's the differences. It's like, you know, John's actually just a kid in bed, yawning, like, yeah, okay. Damien's above the door, like, waiting to attack, to see who's coming. Of course he is. It's fantastic. No, I, this, this was nothing but solid gold. And then at the end, we just sort of teased their first mission where it comes on the screen that I think his name, because it's not a generic villain, he looks kind of generic, but it's actually, I think his name's Chemo, if I remember right. Okay. Green dude. Like, I, I don't know him that much about him, but I, I know him, I know his look, I, I remember his face, but I think it's Chemo, he's attacking uh, one of the cities, and like, okay, it's time for our first mission. And I'm like, oh, I'm so, I'm so glad there's a, an annual for this this month, because now they've got a base... Which is funny, because now Damien has two bases, because he's got the Titans Tower as well, but whatever. Uh, kid's got it all. I mean, he's, he's an entitled brat anyway, so makes sense. He is. Um, art, art was really, really solid. I think uh, Jose, I think this is Jose Lucy's first time in the book. I don't remember. Uh, the name's not familiar to yeah. me. Uh, but it's very, very expressive, very bright and poppy. The kids, like, sort of reactions. Damien scowling, John with a wide-eyed uh, happiness. How's it holding? Because obviously, I think it was, uh, is it Jimenez who's been doing the, the first yeah. chunk. Yeah, Jimenez was doing the first arc, at least. I don't know if he did the last. Yeah, I don't know about the last couple, because I've yeah. not read those yet. But his, his work was pretty spectacular for the series. Is this kind of in that same style, at least? Or is it, uh, or is it much of a departure from that? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a departure. I'd say um, I can tell it's a little bit different. Uh, right. I think maybe the, the the only criticism is is when Bruce is out of costume, like at the start, and he's in his civvies, is he looks maybe just a little bit different to what I'm used to Bruce looking like, just mm, face structure okay. wise. But uh, everyone else looks great. The expressions are great. Um, in fact, it was a really sweet moment. In fact, when they're on their way back after they've been trying the flying, uh, where they're they're on the they're in a truck, right? The the dads are in the truck driving and. John and, and Damien are on the top of it, they're on the back, uh, and John's like, hey, like, D- Damien's giving him shit, and he's like, oh, we should get our own place, blah, 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 and he's like, hey, look, just try this, and he, he makes Damien kind of line in the top part of the truck and kind of put his arms out as if he's flying, and he's like, just, just, you know, just feel it, feel, feel the breeze, he's, he's just trying to, like, show him what flying, so they're both kind of doing it, even though John can actually fly, but he's still kind of doing it with him, and it's just kind of yeah. emulating the, the flight, um, and because Damien's got this whole thing where he's like, "Oh, I need to know. We don't have to tell people anything. Why, why did you tell your dad about the the, the other missions we did? Stop that." Because um, because he mentions, "Oh, I actually flew once before." Because uh, you know, when I first get back from uh, whatever back back in like uh, Robin War or maybe when he came back to life, I can't remember when. But like he, he flew once back then for whatever reason. I haven't read that, so I don't know exactly the exact context of it. But he references it. He's like, oh, why didn't you never tell me that? And he's like, need to know. Just Damien being Damien. But, no, solid, uh, like I say, art, very vibrant and poppy. Uh, oh, which actually reminds me, there is a, an interlude in the middle. Oh. Uh, which is actually called Intermezzo. Is that like, is that is that a thing? Is that like Italian for intermission? Or interlude? Sounds like it could be. Sounds like it could be. Uh, I'm not familiar with it. 
but it's actually you know we've we've got that um that plot coming up with the the future Batman and Superman and yeah. uh, that's all coming. That's just teasing that. We basically see Gotham City's in like an ap- apocalyptic ruins, and we see like a hand coming up through like what almost looks like lava. I don't think it actually has lava, but it almost looks like it. Um, and we see it's actually future Batman Damien. Um, and he, he says the apocalypse is back on because I say so. Uh, and then it's end intermizzle. But it's a really nice big page spread of like, you know, the big collar Batman. I love that things. costume. And, and and it's so Damien, it's so over the top and outrageous. Yeah. Because he, but the page before, what's he going on about? He's saying, um, he, he's, he's complaining that he sold his soul for the city and he put everything into it. But there's a chance for one more resurrection, one more rebirth, one more chance to get this done right. So, I mean, I think that's implying that he's going to try and go back back in time to, to fix something. Right, yeah. So is he, so the Batman of the future, is this, Damien? Is that, yeah, is that mean, what it seems to be implying for that crossover? Yeah, I mean, it, it looks... I mean, it, I mean, like I say, I'm, I'm saying it's Damien because it's his costume. Like, they, they could swear for me and say it's someone else under the mask. But... Uh, if he's got the big collar, I'll take it as Damien. Yeah. Especially in this book. Yeah. If it, he's also he's picking up a bit of fabric. It's a bit of like maybe cape. It's purple. I don't know whose cape that would be. If I mean, a, if it's a purple. Cape. It, it, obviously, I'm not looking at this. Purple to me says either Joker or the inside of you know your know, current Batman cape. No, I think it's it, green on the other side, which is more Jokery. <laughs> okay, Joker then. But I don't know. It, it doesn't feel like the way it picks up doesn't feel. I don't know. I don't know, but, no, it, but it's, it's teasing the, the thing. It would have been weird to miss that out, so I wanted to... Yeah, yeah. Uh, that makes sense. I'm definitely going to be caught up for when that starts, because yeah. that's... Also, that's just a subtle it. little touch in the art again, when Batman's taking Damien to the new base, and they're in these little, like, you know, Bat submarine, or whatever you want to call it. Um, Batmarine. You know, Batmarine. Damien, of course, Batman's driving, and Damien's just got his arms behind his head like this, and he's just complaining constantly. Of course, he does. Uh, it's just, okay, just... Oh, I, I yeah. love this book. That this, honestly, I mean, obviously the last couple of issues were a little bit rougher, but right now this is beating Superman, like in terms of book to book. I, I I do. I've not I've not been reading it the last few just because of time, and I, I just once I missed one issue, I just didn't get around to catching back up in time. But uh, obviously, I've got a deadline coming up with the crossover, so yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it because I do think it's a fantastic book. No, it's, it's great. Like, right now, I am easily enjoying this more than the main Superman book. And it's not the main Superman book's a bit bad, it's, but it's definitely better now than it it's was. It's been, been a bit of a rut, though, lately, yeah. hasn't it? So, uh, it's good. Uh, just one final touch. At the end, when they're, they're jumping out to fight Chemo, and they're really excited, they're happy they've got a mission, John jumps out first and says, this is a job for Superboy! And Robin. And then Damien's just like, I hate you. It's glorious. I love it so much. Uh, I think if you like these characters, and I do... Uh, this book is usually perfect. Uh, like I say, wasn't so keen on that planet stuff for a couple of, a couple of issues, but other than that, it's been kind of strength mm. to strength. So, no, I, I fully can fully recommend it. Uh, so that'll take us on to Aquaman number thirty. Dan Abnett writing and Cedric on art. So Matt got caught up, and then he decided that he was missing the the first issue that he'd be talking about after being caught up, but luckily. You who got caught up two months ago and then missed two week threes are finally here on a week three to talk about Aquaman. So for the first time since I caught up with Aquaman, I actually have something to talk to you no, about. No, no, I spoke to you with one issue. I did. I spoke to you with, with mm. you about one issue and then I missed two. Uh, okay, sure. If, okay, one. One out of At like six. At least one. Maybe two. <laughs> out of like six. One issue. 
uh, someone can go back and check. I definitely spoke at least one or two. I've been talking a lot about the last one, so uh, what did you think of this Aquaman? <laughs> oh, man. It, it just it looks so good, and that makes the story flow so fantastically. Because I think the, the, the plot is it's fine. It's, you know, it's a continuation of what we've been getting. It's, it's relatively interesting. But the art just elevates it to this spectacle. I think it's solid. Yeah, I think it's the, the plot's solid. You've got this resistance, Goth, uh, not Gotham, <laughs> that'd be weird, uh, Atlantis Uprising, who are trying to fight back, and they, they encounter these big beasts, like these dark magic beasts that are being controlled by the uh, the, the, the school or whoever, uh, yeah. you know, Ratsmen, and that's when Aquaman jumps in. After, you know, obviously he was inspired the last issue by Dolphin to make more of a stance, and he comes in, and everyone kind of like, that, oh. That full page where he comes up and just smacks the, the, the dinosaur thing is amazing. A double uppercut, I think was the exact, uh, yes. uh, the, the motion. Yeah, I get it, yeah, because the, the way the water's going, he's, he's went up the way with his hands. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely come up, yeah. Yeah, uh, so no, it's pretty cool, and... Uh, so you got that. You got this other thing with Mira, actually. Uh, I, I like that it actually cuts to Garth uh, on land, even though he's just kind of there to set up the Mira stuff. He just, he just sets up that, like, okay, there might be problems. Like, I, re- I will say, I actually thought it was a little clunky, the way it cut to that. Because uh, I, I get that it was setting up the Mira stuff, but I feel like it was just a little clunky that they didn't have a better way of doing it. So hmm. we'll just cut to that. Like, because... Well, last time he was in the book, it was very relevant. It was through Mira, whereas this it was just like, okay, let's just check back up on him. And it felt like, oh, okay, he talks about Mira, but I didn't feel like it was that well executed. I don't know. I actually kind of like that it cuts to him. I, I like that we've not just forgotten he existed. Like, I, I feel like that would have been an easy thing to do, is just to leave him out of the book after like he, he'd done his thing last issue. I, I, I think that would have been better to me because at the moment that everything's been so focused on Arthur and Mira so kind of keeping it the focus this kind of gives it another fragment that I don't think I need at the minute because I'm not getting anything from this plot like, it doesn't do anything on its own other than to tell us about Mira hmm I mean no I, I like it well, that's fair I mean it's, it's only two pages maybe it should be one it, it page is, yeah. but um, I also I, I like that it reminds me of Tula's up there because you know I kind of forgot about that. Oh, it's a good point. You know, she she came and she she's she's on land. So, um, but that's when we cut to Mira and Mira, uh, like she she gets through. She thinks everything's fine and oh no, oh no, the the medallion to get her through was damaged and it's made her basically lose the ability to breathe underwater. At least in Atlantis, within this maybe once the thorns are gone, like yeah, I assume so. Yeah, I would imagine that's maybe what will happen. Uh, so some people take her. We'll be spending it later on the issue who, who's got a hold of her, which is uh, very interesting. Uh, but, you know, Dolphin comes in and helps helps Aquaman. She, like, you know, brightens the place up so that the, the king's king's men can get I, to I love how they're playing with the light from her. I think it, it adds a, an extra dynamic to the art that's just a bit different. It does, yeah. Um, very bright, which, you know, typically underwater you don't think of being bright. Yeah. So, so it's, a nice, it's a nice touch. Uh, we see that Wrath is actually he, he he is like starting to lose his shit. You, you can tell he's getting more and more unhinged because not only is he wanting to like oh this this squash the ninth triad and just kill all the the, the you know the the, yeah. the people I don't like down there. I just get all of them, all, all those naysayers, all the people who are against me. And then he's like oh and let's go back to the surface and dominate and you know take over man's land. Yeah, and it's clearly uh, it's clearly too much. He's clearly like no, you can't achieve this. 
there's a moment where he literally just shouts, "I am king! I am king for God's sake!" And and all I could think is the the incredible uh, piece of wisdom from Tywin Lannister of of Game of Thrones. Yeah, any any man who has to say that he is king is no true king. Very good. Uh, honestly, that that popped into my head as he was saying this. It was it was, it was honestly my first thought. It kind of it just it, it it's it's a it's a it's a good assignment because it kind of shows how unhinged he is and you know how desperate he is. Where if if you have to you know kind of convince others of that, then you're not really doing a very good job, are you? Yeah, uh, he's very insecure. Basically, he's determined to prove that he's still on top and he's still winning, which is why he has all these things. Like, oh, we're going we're going to not only kill my enemies, we're going to kill anyone who could be an enemy. We're going to go into the surface land. We're going to kill all those. You know, it was it was all these different things, um, and you know, he, he's second in command. He's like, just like, uh, maybe, maybe, like, no, no, I'm still with you. I'm still with you, but maybe just one good idea at a time, <laughs> yeah. rather than everything at a time. Because she's thinking logically, we can't do that. And then King Shark makes yeah, his yeah. I love that because obviously when we get Mira, they were like, oh, take it to the take it to the king, and it's kind of like, a, okay, which one? Because we obviously we know what happened last issue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you assume Wrath because hard going to him is maybe makes more yeah. sense from a plot point of view. Just to, like, okay, now Mira's with the king, King Wrath, and that can set up some plot. Yeah, but we knew she was at the bottom from yeah. where she was. But then, then it's like no, because uh, what's his face was killed. You know, because you know Orm is actually on our side. Orm's on on Arthur's side. Yeah. Uh, king Shark's apparently going to try and take over the Nine Trade. He wants to be the new underworld, you know, crime boss for the, the yes. Nine Trade. And he's like trying to do that. So we find out that he's got Mira. He's got her in a in a bubble, uh, and she's got like breathe, breathing apparatus. Yeah, uh, no. I actually I, I really like him. I like how he leans in. He's got these big, big, big teeth, and he's just like, "Ain't you a tasty morsel?" I just I like that. It's yeah, so yeah, yeah. it because it, it, it feels like something a fisherman would say to a like a fish he's caught. And I, I, there's, there's an irony of like King Shark saying that too. No, I, I, I love King Shark living up to his potential here. You know, he's standing up so oh, so dominating. He's hamming it up. He he is chewing the scenery, and that is exactly what I want from King Shark. Yeah, I want I want him doing that. Uh, yeah, it's great. So, he's so Aquaman's introduced to the rest of the resistance, the uprising, and Volko and Undine are there, and they're like, "Yeah, hey," and it's like, "There's some trust issues." Aquaman's like, "Yeah, should I really trust you? You've kind of betrayed like everyone multiple times." This is this guy's like, "Yeah, I betrayed it for the best interest of Atlantis, and the best interest of Atlantis is not King Wrath." And they hand them what they, what they got out of the uh, the the crypts, the you know. Yeah, I think crypts is a the, the right word. I feel like there was a name for it, but down the vaults where all the the hidden where artifacts all the, were. Yeah, yeah, with all the with all the, I think we're saying crypts because it was guarded by all the dead. Yeah, it was all it was all the, the ghosts. Yeah, um, and there was that one he got friendly with. He had no face. That was that was, that was good. Some good, good fun stuff. So we it actually was. knew what they brought him. We knew it was a, a trident, but uh, they gave it to him wrapped up, and he's like, "Oh, so what do you say? Like, do do you help us take back Atlantis?" And we get our big final page of him holding up the trident, and. My, my favorite part of this page, fantastic page as well. Oh, it's but my beautiful. favorite part is is Dolphin behind him, also with with her arms up, like uh, yeah. Yeah, she's ready to go. I, I I just love the idea of lightning striking the trident underwater. Underwater, yeah, I know. Everyone just died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. I I like. It's amazing how much Aquaman's turned around. I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, since it started. So I'm happy with that, and I'm not even that worried about uh, Cedric leaving because, like, I feel like we're we're on a path now where I'm really liking the plot. Uh, uh, yeah, I think I have a small concern because I think that's what's elevating it from being a. It's I think without that art, it's a good book, which is fine. 
Yeah. But with the art, it's a, oh, this is a great book. And I think I'm concerned when the art does change if if it kind of goes back down to being, okay, it's just good again. I hope the colouring stays consistent with this because I, I like the uh, the overall colouring scheme of this compared to yeah, what it was I've before. Yeah, I love this look for Atlantis. E- no. Even if, uh, yeah, if, if we go back to the surface and we change colouring, I'm okay with that. Mm. But I, I like this for Atlantis. Yeah, I, I like it as well. Uh, I, f- I feel like in terms of plot, this was a really simple issue because it was kind of moving everything forward again, like the, yeah. the the logical next steps. But all all of this, like Arthur taking like the the resistance on, and like him being the leader of the resistance, and like making that choice last issue, and then this issue actually kind of enacting it, and like yeah, people with me, it really feels like they're actually making a case for him actually gaining the respect of the people of Atlantis. And I think a big effect of that is, and I've said this countless times about Aquaman in general is that so often, so many runs of Aquaman are just about the throne room. We never see the people of Atlantis. We never see the common people. And yeah. it feels like this arc is doing a good job of saying, no, here's the here's the poor people of Atlantis. Here's the people I think, who I think it's the first for. time I've thought of Atlantis as a as a kingdom and not just a city. Mm. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I love this idea of the trades and the ninth one being at the bottom and it's kind of the shithole where... Yeah. Know, uh, to go back to the whole vigilante, like Batman comparisons for the first couple of issues of this arc... It's kind of like the, the Narrows of Gotham, almost. It is, like yeah. There. Well, that will take us on to everyone's favourite segment of the month, which is Connor's Corner, where Connor will inform us on the latest issue, well, not the latest, the latest one that he's at, which is Red Hood and the Outlaws, issue 12, Scott Lobdell writing, Dexter Sawyer on art. We finally ended the Artemis arc that he was really displeased with. Hating. Uh, Let's, the, let's, not, let's not beat around the bush. I hated that shit. So let's find out what uh, what issue 12 holds. Issue 12 is part one of the life of Bizarro. And of course, I have, generally speaking, praised the Bizarro segments of the book for being the highest quality. Did you like this issue? Did that happen? Parts. The parts where Bizarro was actually there. The problem is, if you recall, which I know you don't, I, no, I don't. The, the end of last issue was Bizarro dying after he flew up to the sun. So for a lot of this issue, he's kind of just dying. He's lying on a table while the others go and do stuff. Which is uh, the, the worst part of the issue, because I have to listen to Jason and Artemis uh, talk for six pages that's rough but but basically we, we actually start with a tease of this mystery person breaking uh solomon grundy out from arkham they, you know well we, we see them they're in a park bench he's like hey i broke you out you know for for a reason you're gonna go and bring terror to gotham we don't see who this person is of course and i don't care enough to speculate but but basically the the issue is then solomon grundy going on a rampage and you know doing what he does and we get some stuff of Armis and red hood going and fighting him and it's it's fine it's it looks good again i can't fault the art dexter soy is a is a great artist but the issue gets interesting and half decent when bizarro he wakes up from this coma he kind of he kind of he turns out he, he he's been listening still he's you know he's got a superhero and and he, he hears that they're getting destroyed by Solomon Grundy. And he goes, no, no, my, my friends need me. And he's like, 
and the, the the nurse woman says it's like you know look this is all well and good but you're, you're dying if you go now then you might not come back and he goes yeah i know but and then flies out anyway like he's actually quite heroic again the only one of the team who is but it's refreshing Anyway, you, you get him fighting Grundy for a bit because kind of makes sense, doesn't it? This this version of Bizarro, the way he looks against Grundy. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're very similar. They're both, you know, they're the big, bulky, the the white out skin. It's like, okay, yeah, let's do it. And at the end, then after this fight, you actually have Bizarro dying. He used up all his energy saving them, and. Uh, he, his last thing is he, is he asks for a favor, and he asks them to to take take care, and then he leaves them his little Superman doll that he has. It's quite nice. Yeah, I think I think it, I think it's adorable. That he has a little Superman doll. I really do. I feel like you're being very positive on this issue. Oh no! I'm, see, I'm cherry picking the the stuff, the Bizarro stuff. I've skipped over a lot of the other bollocks because. I'm going to try not to be too negative because I'm bored of being negative and just hating on it because I do just hate on everything else in this. Um, true, true, true. But your job is to talk about the whole book. All right, fine. <sighs> what stupid shit do you want me to talk about in the fight between the others? You've got them making awful puns. Obviously, it's based on Solomon Grundy says his name over and over. So they make jokes about, you know... They they say that like Artemis goes no no it's Artemis you know they're saying their own names and Jason complaining about the rhymes being shit and ugh that's just that stuff's tedious as balls and I hate it I really hate it sounds, uh, yeah, they're, sounds they're, fine they're, to me yeah I don't know crack some jokes about I, I feel I feel like if these were I no no I think if they were good jokes it would it would work and the, if the timing was there for them but it's hmm. not okay. Because they're all the problem is they're all compacted into one section. It's like here's the section where we get out all the jokes and puns on this, and then we'll move on to here's just the plain fight section, and then here's the bizarre. So it's not interspersed very well at all. Though the pacing is completely off. Um, but then at the end, uh, as as Bizarro is laying there, presumably dead, and they, they've kind of spoke about how this has been. You know, they knew it was coming because. Apparently, in the first issues, um, Black Mask said that he had a shelf life. It's that he was going to die because it's hard to clone Kryptonians. Not that I recall that because why would I? Um, but then we actually end with uh, Lex showing up, coming down, looking at the body, and just 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 says intriguing. And I like Lex. I like Lex's relationship with Bizarro in in past ideas. Obviously, we haven't had that at all with this version of Bizarro. So... It's interesting to see if Lex, you know, being that he's not just the outright villain Lex right now. Yeah. What, how, where does this go then if he's not treating him like that? If he's not wanting to try and utilize him as a Superman fighting device? Right. Does does he see that Bizarro has been in the same way that he's been trying to live up to the Shield? Bizarro has mm. been doing the same in his own way. So does he kind of see some, you know, uh, mutual respect in that, and that they're kind of doing the same thing? Maybe, maybe I think I'm giving Labdell too much credit here. I'll be honest. Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. But um, it it seems the the obvious things to do, and I I hope it does. 
but I am concerned that we go too long now without Bizarro. Like even even a full issue, if if he if he's dead, all issue, that's that's going to be rough and tedious, and I, I I don't want that. I can see it. I can see it cutting to I Lex can. a couple of times to you know do do you know he's working on it, and then maybe just the final page he wakes up, and that's it. That's... I, I can see that as well, and I'm not looking forward to that at all. Well, we'll find it next month. Yeah, yeah. Some <laughs> so, great art, though. I, 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 I really want to credit Soy with his his use of color, and he'll often do this. He'll literally spotlight a moment where I, he'll cut out all the background entirely and just leave it white and just leave the the, the figures. I do enjoy how depressed you sound as you <laughs> as you tell us what happened in Reddit. I'm sure David does. That's what he's paying for, right? Yeah, that is. That, that is uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, to be fair, it sounds like you had a much more positive time with this issue. This, 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 this with... is much better than the last arc, for sure. Uh, it's it's probably... I don't know if I'd say it's the best the book's been. I don't know about that. Maybe. It's it's probably the most bizarro stuff, at least in one concentrated chunk. Mm-hmm. So in that respect, it's pretty good. It's 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 just all the other stuff that comes before it that I'm just kind of going, all right, all right, I don't care about this. Let me, come on, skip through this. Of course, I'm not skipping through it because that would make no sense and I wouldn't be able to actually say anything about how much I hate Jason and how awful he is and Artemis is somehow worse. I, I think I'll call that a 50-50 review. I feel like you liked half of that. Yeah. yeah. At least. At least half. Maybe more than half. And it's just under half if i look at it as it's just and the thing is i do i am skimming through the the jason set a little bit quicker just based on that it's actually quite simple what they're doing they're going out they're fighting there's not mm. much going on with it all right well, there you go uh that is red to the laws issue 12 which takes us to the end of our show which is picking our favorite stuff of the week and uh we do, you know, best panel or moment, uh, rather, and we do best cover, best art, top five books. That is, that is what we do. And obviously, Matt did uh, send me his as well. I've got my phone at the ready because he messaged it to me, so I can just read it off that rather than anything uh, more difficult. So he can go first for everything since uh, <laughs> since he doesn't have to think because he's just a, yeah, yeah. a message that was already written. Uh, so for panel... He's actually got John riding the Hunger Dogs uh, at the end of Superman. Is that what they were called? Uh, I don't know. It's not striking a bell, but I mean... It's it not, but, but Matt probably knows better than us. And uh, he also said any sword fight panel from Batman. He's cheating a bit there. He's, he's getting John and the dogs. He's not getting both. That's, that's yeah. not how this works. Connor, what's your panel slash moment of the week? Uh, I'm gonna go with the very final panel of the Batman who laughs. That you know, the, the close up on the mouth, the laughing, the the lightning in the background. I think it's just a, a fantastic image. Cool, cool, cool. Um, actually, I'm gonna go Nightwing. I'm gonna go with that panel of uh, of Tiger Shark with the the harsh light above him as he's coming down through the elevator in the mm. shaft. It's pretty good. Very imposing. Very imposing. As much as I mean, it's tempting to pick one of the really like dark moments from. Batman who laughs with the you know murdering the Bat family or the you know, or making Superman kill his family <laughs> like yeah yeah I'm with you those are really really strong moments but I, I think just in terms of like a sort of this is where the art kind of clicked and really sold the moment to me uh, I, I think that that stands out so yeah. uh, I'm I'm going with that uh, so then of course we'll pick best cover of the week 
which Matt's went with Batman. Okay. okay. You can't explain why, because he's not here. Um, it's a fair pick, although... I think it's a good cover. I don't think it's the best. No. Um, I, I'm... I mean, it's funny. I, I like the uh, the variant for Nightwing, but obviously we don't do variants for when we're picking our favourite of the week. So I feel like I may have to... I'm tempted to go with Batwoman, because it's a pretty cool cover, with the, the needle hands, or needle fingers, rather. But I think I'm going to go with Aquaman. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Aquaman. I think it's got such a great... Uh, it's got just a good design, the, the symmetry of it. It kind of really stands out. Yeah, it's just him looking through his trident, a really close-up Yeah, thing. but even the trident where, you know, we've got the prongs going up, but then we have the prongs going down. It kind of really, really works for me. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's really nice. Uh, so then best art of the week again. We'll go to Matt's first since he's a uh, yeah. So he he's a uh, he's picked uh, Batman. He's picked Joel Jones and Batman. Uh, he says it should just edges out Cedric. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I think those are the two I'm struggling between right now. I, I think that I think that's that, that's fair. I think I have to go with Cedric on this particular week. I think I might have to give it to Cedric as well. I think I have to go with Cedric. I feel I feel like he was just hitting it out this week. There, there was, yeah, there was one too many specific panels where I go, oh damn, that looks amazing. Whereas yeah. Joel Jones in Batman is very consistently, like, it's got a real good flow to it. Yeah, very consistently great, good flow. Uh, Aquaman just feels a little bit more special this week. So yeah, it's got a few more just to stand out moments. Right. So, top five of the week then, Matt. Has Batman at number one, Aquaman at number two, at number three he's got Superman. So Superman made his top five this this week, so he'll be, he'll be happy about that. <laughs> number four is Batman Who Laughs, and number five for him is Green Lanterns. What's your top five? Do you know what? I don't know. <laughs> for the first time in a long time, I'm not even sure what my number one is. I think... Oh. Uh, I think that a lot of the books are very close this week for me, which is unusual. Usually I can at least get one or two before I get to that point. But here I'm jumping between three of them already at the, for the top spot where I'm, I'm going, which ones? Uh, yeah, I can't, uh, I can't fault the, the difficulty. I think, I think I'll give number one to Batman. And then number two to Batman Who Laughs, purely because of, you know the, the the aspect of Batman Who Laughs, which I thought undermined some of the beats. Okay. Otherwise, I think that would have been top. Uh, number three, I think, goes to Green Lanterns. Number four, Nightwing. And number five, I think I'm actually going to put. Justice League at number five for finally doing something interesting at this at this crossover and having some some good moments and some fun at the end. Okay, uh, I actually I'm putting Super Sons at number one. No, fair enough. I, I think I'm I'm thinking I'm giving Super Sons the number one spot. Then Batman at number two, and then number three. This is a tough week. Actually, there's a lot of stuff that's kind of. It's really close together, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, number three, I think... Green Lanterns. Number four... Batman Who Laughs. And number five... 
Oh, God. I'm left with Knightley and Aquaman for this fifth spot, and I'm not sure. Uh... Yeah, I, I felt really bad not putting Aquaman on mine, yeah. but Justice League just did something interesting enough. I think it'll edge out to Nightwing, but I feel really bad about leaving Aquaman off. <laughs> I feel really bad about it. I want I want people to know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Aquaman was a great issue. I think that's it's really hard this week, much harder than usual. Yeah. So, so just to, just to sum up, because I, I I pause when I'm thinking. I just wanted to sum up. So yeah. Super Sun's at number one. Number two is Batman. Number three is Green Lantern. Number four is Batman Who Laughs, and number five is Nightwing. So. Uh, no, solid week for books. I feel like last week there was like half the books where I was really kind of negative on. Yeah, you had a bit of an off week, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, whereas this week, I feel like no, no, I actually like you know even the weakest, which would have been, um, maybe, maybe Batwoman. Yeah, Batwoman. Yeah, Batwoman probably. Batwoman or maybe Superman might have been the weakest, yeah. which is saying something. And then Superman and Justice League would have been right sort of above it. But even then, they, they weren't. You know, everything was good. No, like, I, I think that's, I think I think there was a lot of good to very good books here, but I don't think there was anything like, oh, this is amazing. You know, this is really great. Yeah. But it was a very solid, consistent week. Yeah. So uh, and obviously you can't pick it, but if you could, obviously Red Hood would be number one for you. So, Joe, uh, you know I, I I did consider it for cover. I think oh. it has a really nice. Just a, it's a plain black with the Bizarro S. I don't on think it. I don't think you can pick it for. Cover. I don't. I, I know. Yeah. I, I, that's why I didn't. But I considered it's, saying it's not, anyway. Yeah, it's not in this week's books. But, but yeah, it's, it's it's a really simple but nicely designed cover. I have to give it that. Yeah. Oh, also that reminds me. Actually, uh, something else I need to get up uh, before we go is uh, the deadline for this month's vote for the, the fifth week ended uh, yesterday. So I've got that to announce. Yeah. I'd forgotten until this very moment, so I'm just going to check and see what the result was. convenient, wasn't it? <laughs> well, it was next time. This is when I would be announcing it. So. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, conv- convenient you didn't wait for another 10 minutes and be like, oh, no, now no, we're going to go back in. So, the winner and the book that we'll be doing, and just to explain this, uh, when we have a fifth Wednesday, you know, obviously you have books every Wednesday, and some months will have a fifth and DC doesn't really plan for that in the sense that their regular books fit a four week structure they fit a four week schedule so every so often there's a fifth week and on those fifth weeks we'll get a few annuals actually this this month's actually quite a busy fifth week but regardless a lot of the, the prestige minis yeah, launching there's four annuals and two prestige books on on the fifth week this month but regardless we uh, for, for the fifth week because it's a bit later we'll, we'll do a trade or a graphic novel of some kind and we'll let our patrons vote so the five dollar patrons and up get to vote on that uh, and the winner of this month's vote for this fifth week book is actually Wonder Woman The Circle by Gail Simone. So that's what we will be talking about. Uh, me and Matt specifically, I think, because that's uh, Connor's missing that weekend. Which is uh, annoying because I've owned that trade for a good while and I've never read it. Yeah. Oh, is there, there's a good chance that, that that episode will be a, a different day of the week or a vastly different time because it looks like we're going to have to shuffle around to even get an episode done at all because Matt's also got something planned that, that day. Uh, so Mine was planned first, look, so I get precedence. Look at, look for a wacky scheduling on that fifth week, but uh, that's the winner, so Wonder Woman the Circles will be doing. Uh, so, yeah, you can look forward to that. Uh, so that has been episode 78 of Comics from the Multiverse. Uh, yeah. You can uh, let us know what you thought of the books in the comments I mean, below. You you could tell us what we have next week. I could. Well, see, at least you told me quickly this time. Last time I forgot <laughs> you. Wait, you waited till I'd done every every plug. And yeah, yeah, it was funnier then. But I'm 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 tired. 
<laughs> it's, it's late. I want to go to bed. <laughs> you want to go to bed? Okay. Coming next week, we have the main event, not only of the, the week, not only of the month, maybe of the year. Doomsday Clock number one begins. Do you know what I'm a, a little concerned about? What? That the, uh, the, the reviews go public on the 21st. Oh, God. And I'm, yeah. I'm scared of spoilers because we all know what happened when the review embargo for, for Rebirth hit. Yeah, we all looked and we all knew before we read it. That yeah, is so yeah. annoying. Like, are they going to do that for every issue? That is going to be so goddamn... I don't know. But I know because I know they sent the reviewers... Obviously, they sent all the review copies out. They sent them a box of, like, pancake mix, like Watchmen pancake mix with it. That, that's just uh, This coer- feels like you're buying votes. That's just, that's just coercing reviews. Like, here, here's some pancake mix. Now give us five yeah. stars. Eat some, eat some pancakes while you read this issue. You'll, you'll, you'll thank us. Uh, um, so we got Doomsday Clock number one next week. Obviously, the big start, big 12-issue series, rebirth stuff, sequel to Watchmen, which, by the way, our monthly bonus episode for patrons will be Watchmen, uh, which will begin up before next Wednesday. It might be Tuesday. It might be the very day before. But the whole point we'll is, we're going to have it done before we read Doomsday Clock issue one. Which how, kind of, how much have you got read so far? Four out of twelve. Yeah, I'm, I've I've done ten now. Oh, so you're, you're you're good to go. Here's the thing, though, we actually have to avoid spoilers before we record that at the very least, because we can't go, we can't talk about that book with knowing where it's going. No, we can't. So, and and I'm concerned that I will accidentally see spoilers because Twitter is a prick. Twitter is awful in that sense. Um, but at the very least, we have to avoid spoilers until we've talked about Watchmen because we can't know what's in issue one before we record that. Because I feel like that would just kind of ruin no, the speculation. We know a couple of things that are in issue one based on what they have publicly released. Oh, yeah, there's been pre- there was a preview, obviously, back at uh, I think it was New York Comic Con. Yeah, yeah, that is all we know at this moment. But... Uh, so yeah, we should have to try and keep spoiler free at least until we've uh, we've recorded that. Uh, so that that'll, that'll be going up next week too. So you can look forward to that. Uh, so yeah, that that's episode seventy eight. Actually, no, I told you tell you the rest of the books. I've only told you about Doomsday Clock. <laughs> yeah, you got to do nothing else matters. <laughs> nothing else matters. Just Doomsday Clock. Uh, also coming next week is Action Comics nine nine two, Detective Comics nine six nine, Wonder Woman thirty five, The Flash thirty five, Batgirl seventeen, and Teen Titans fourteen. Uh, also, we have the start of a, of a mini, an Etrigan mini, which was meant to be out last week, but it got pushed. And that is the Demon Hell is Earth number one. So you can get that next week. Uh, whether we cover that uh, is up in the air. I feel like Connor might be the one who goes out of his way to try I'm, it. I'm intrigued. I don't know if I'll have time, but I, I yeah. definitely want to read it at some point. Uh, also uh, out next week, but we will not be covering because we've, uh, we've, you know, we've dropped these at various points. Uh, Hal Jordan, The Green Lantern Corps, number 33. Batman Beyond, 14. Blue Beetle, 15. Justice League of America, 19. Hellblazer, 16. And Suicide Squad, number 30. There's a lot we did, don't read. Did, did uh, you mention Nightwing the New Order when you were shouting through your books? I didn't catch it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, issue four of that's next week as well. Uh, I don't know why I've not got that actually. That's weird. Yeah. So see, it's 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 hard to keep up some because obviously the the list that we publicly see on on Diamond is all alphabetical. You jump around a bit, so it's trying to trying to catch it. I typically have it in order that we'll do it on the show. Uh, yeah, exactly. Typically. So it's, it's, yeah, so it's just sometimes where I'll be like, did you say that? I'm, because I, obviously I can't check them in order. It's uh, Obviously I, I can always change it last minute, depending you know, what the order's going to be, depending, depending on things, but typically it's in a, an order of yeah. what we do. And 
but no, so that that's that is actually an end now to episode seventy eight of Comics from the Multiverse. We we, we appreciate you sticking around. Uh, like, subscribe, rate us on iTunes and whatever. Uh, all of it helps. Of course, look out for the DC TV. Uh, podcast we do called Television for the Multiverse. That is just me and Connor. Uh, usually, you know, Matt's not missing from that this week. He's just never there. Uh, but we talk if, about. If you get that on a, an audio feed, please try and refresh your feed. Uh, yeah, people who were on who got it through iTunes for the audio feed should be fine. It should have switched over. But the 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 seamless transition that we were promised did not happen. So if you are expecting new episodes. Uh, unsubscribe and then resubscribe that's what seems to fix it on uh, various podcast apps uh, that people use uh, there's someone on twitter was uh, talking to us about this week and uh, that uh, that fixed the issue for him so in case you're in the same boat uh, you can uh, do the same thing uh, so that goes up late sundays we talk about supergirl flash legends of tomorrow and arrow um so for some reason that. for some reason arrow yeah i know uh so that 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 is that is us. so uh if you want to support us on patreon.com uh go over there uh, mail fuzz tv on there uh you know we pretty much mentioned everything you get comics wise throughout the show so yeah, some yeah. Capacity. The, but the, the real thing you want this this week is is, is watchman we're gonna we're gonna yeah. dive deep are we yeah i feel like you're overhyping it now no no oh, no, no. i I've, I've got things to say oh god all right i need to go i need to go and read like some like thesis on watchman now just so i feel like i'm prepared and I can make Connor look a fool. Please don't. I'm going to, I'm going to bring in like uh, various like theories, like li- li- literature theories. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go and find Alan Moore, and he's going to guess that. <laughs> uh, that damn magician will appear through some sort of magic. Yeah, right. We, we he, mention- look, I just need to figure out the right summoning <clears throat> ritual. If we mention Doomsday Clock once, he's going to rage and like smash everything in the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. Because that's what that's you know he's he's Crazy not a happy man. Bastard. He's not a happy man that his characters have been used. Uh, but that's something we'll probably talk about in the Watchmen video. So uh, there you go. Uh, that that is us. So thank you very much once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. It means loads to us. This has been a loopier episode because we're both a bit more tired. Yeah, uh, next to rein us in. Next week is uh, yeah, like yeah, he's the one who <laughs> reins us in. <laughs> Next week we should be back to relative normalcy, uh, and then we'll be back to being a weird schedule uh, for the following week five. But then we should be back to normal for some of December. Obviously, it gets a bit wackier at Christmas, depending on when Christmas falls. Yeah, but we'll figure something out. We'll let you know when we know. It may not be too bad this year. This year is better than last year, I think. Just you know, just based on what day Christmas falls on. But whatever, it's fine. Uh, so thanks once again, guys. We always appreciate it. Love you loads. Keep reading comics, and always remember: never get lost in the Speed Force.